Yeah. I got the drops back. I don't know if you can hear this. I got the uh I got the sound pad back. Yeah. They sent me a new one, so I had to add back all. in full effect, yeah. man. We got the full production value just for y'all. I know. I got the uh I added some more drops to on here too. Yeah. Uh what I got? Um I got this. You don't watch Snowfall, but this is like one of the most famous clips on here too from uh Snowfall. The bitches. No, no, uh teach a man how to swabble. <laughs> oh, okay. Teach a man how to squabble. <laughs> Get that trigger next time, nigga. So he pretty much beat up somebody. <laughs> and then he was <laughs> he got in the car like, teach a man how to squabble. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's an old term. Yeah, it is. I'm hearing <laughs> some mixed things about this new season, man. Really? Um, yeah. I think the last episode had some people confused. I think the show's about to end, isn't it? Yeah, it's about to end. Yeah, so I um I haven't caught I ain't caught up on it yet. I'm probably behind like two episodes now, but mm-hmm. the last one I seen was when um Aunt got killed. So, oh shit. Yeah, but uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I should have said that, but yeah, that's one of the drops I got. Um, this drop right here, I got this. Whenever we being scared to um say an opinion or something. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna play this. This nigga's scared. Ain't nobody scared, man. I just told you I had a DJ Saturday night. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Tupac from <laughs> Juice. from Juice? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> With Tupac. <laughs> He's like, man, can we just do this another day? And Tupac was like, this nigga's scared. Ain't nobody scared, man. I just told you I had a DJ Saturday night. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Why was he so angry during that? Dog. Like, like, <laughs> like his, his whole persona became that after that movie, too. That's a crazy thing, man. Yeah. Like, Tupac was suddenly angry all the time after Juice, man. Yeah. It's like, after, especially after prison. Yeah. Like, this nigga just <laughs> night and day. You watch early Tupac interviews, he's a little more mellow and laid back. Yeah, after positive. Jail in particular, like, he's just angry all the time, man. Yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was Tupac in the flesh. Yep. Bishop, <laughs> that was Tupac before Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Above the Rim, man. It's like, why was, why was he such an asshole in Above the Rim? Yeah. <laughs> like, why was he so mad in that fucking movie, man? Yeah, I don't know. That shit was ridiculous, but... <laughs> yeah, we back in it, man. We back in full effect with full production value for y'all. Any new drops? Any other ones? Uh, Nope, I think that's it. I got this. Where the bitches at? I got this one. It's supposed to be in titties. Where the fucking titties in the bitches? I'm going to add some more, too. I got to think. Every time I'm at home, I'll be like, oh, that could be a good drop. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I can't wait to just use this This one. nigga's scared. <laughs> Ain't nobody scared, man. I just told you I had a DJ Saturday Fuck night. that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we back at it. Uh, back, back in full effect for the podcast, man. Back for y'all, um, y'all gripes about in the loop as well. If y'all want to get them off, it, last week was like the fuck Landry show, man. Yeah, man. A lot of people <laughs> came in upset about Landry. I don't know what the fuck Landry said. Bravo, you listened to even commented on the podcast said something about Landry too. Yeah. So if y'all want to air out your grievances about in the loop and Landry, bring them here, man. And I, I gotta say this too, man. Like, I be seeing the tweets y'all send us, but it's very awkward when you, like, shitting on one of the co-hosts 
<laughs> but they say, yeah, y'all, you cool, but man, Landry is a fucking idiot. Blah blah blah. Like, <laughs> like, how do you like that tweet, man? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's hard can. to interact with that tweet because yeah, Landry man. is a good friend of mine. So, yeah, it makes it very <laughs> awkward, man. Like, we appreciate yeah. everybody who listens to the podcast, even if you don't like Landry or in the loop or whatever. Yeah. But you gotta understand, we can't boost something like that. It fucking. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> it's funny because that, people, it's man. funny because that's the same thing we talk about. So, like, mm-hmm. if, let's say, um, somebody on the Houston Texans, let's say Nick Casario was on Twitter for some reason, and he he tweets something like, man, I can't wait to go back home. Mm-hmm. And and somebody on the Houston Texans liked that or something. It's like you agreeing with it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you, you know, I can't really like the tweet or, you know, it look, it look kind of bad if I'm trying to defend the tweet too because that's your opinion and I, I ain't gonna change that so it's like I just gotta look at it and just <laughs> kind of keep it moving but we yeah, appreciate man. the love man nah we do we do so if y'all got an issue you can air it out here but just know we ain't gonna fucking <laughs> we, <laughs> necessarily engage with it too much <laughs> shitting on co-hosts and shit yeah. I understand man everybody Tensions are very high right now in Houston sports for some reason. You yeah. got the draft and everybody got their thoughts about the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, now is looking very, very bleak. The Texans' chances of getting Bryce Young. It looks like he is now the consensus number one pick. Yeah. People are upset about that. And uh, people are wondering why the Texans didn't trade up to number one if they really wanted him that bad. Too late now. Yeah, um, and, and and rumors going around saying Nick Casario might be going after the draft. Yep. I'm just like, dang man! Like I thought we was in good times right now. I thought <laughs> I thought <laughs> yeah, the bad times was bad. Why is quick, it so man. tense right now? <laughs> yeah, the shit went south pretty quick, man. And suddenly, uh, yeah, people uh, are upset. Yeah, um, Nick Casario leaving after the draft is pretty crazy, man. Like, yeah, why now? Yeah, I, I thought everything was up right now. I thought everything was good. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe everything wasn't good. Maybe him, them winning that last game kind of screwed everything up. And yeah, some other stuff, Brandon Cooks and all that stuff. So, I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> Part of me wonders, like, since you know D'Amico Ryan's is your guy, maybe you should have gave him like his his full on staff, man. I think. A lot of the reasons of this dysfunction has been, like, the people of the past sticking around longer than they need to. Yeah. I think you know. that that was kind of my issue overall, like, since I've been in Houston. Mm-hmm. It, it, it never been a full rebuild. Like, usually, you know, when you see a full rebuild, you usually wipe out the coach, wipe yeah. out the staff, wipe out the GM. And you start fresh, you get the GM and the coach at the same time. That way y'all kind of on the same page. Um, they, and then hire the assistants. You notice how, you know, when um, when they let go of Bill O'Brien, who was a coach and GM, they hired Casario and then end up hiring David Cully and keeping, you know, they kind of kept, I, I don't want to say kept most of the staff, but they kind of brung in a staff that wasn't, a coach's staff, if that makes sense. Like, David Cully ain't hired these people. It was more of a, um, you know, front office hire. And then, you know, they – and then when he left, 
when he got fired, then you kind of kept the same people. You kept Lovey that yeah. was already there. You, uh, you had uh, old boy who was the um, Pep Hamilton, who was the quarterbacks coach. And so everything was still kind of the same. It wasn't a real rebuild. And then now you got D'Amico, who, you know, you got a whole new staff now. But you still had the GM that was there, that was trying to get there since Bill O'Brien was there. Mm-hmm. So it, it never really been a full rebuild. Like, it seemed like it's always some type of stench. And I wonder why. I wonder if that's just the Houston Texans way or what. Because it seemed like this organization like to hold on longer than normal <laughs> organizations. Yeah. They have a longer leash, and they, you know, it seemed like they try to keep somebody there that was there before for some reason, instead of just cleaning the house and starting fresh. Yeah, I think when um, I don't know, man. I think when they like somebody, it takes a lot to get them gone. You know, we saw how Rick Smith went. You know, yeah. Looking back, he was actually a pretty good GM. Yeah. But during it, the, the thick of it, everybody <laughs> wanted him gone for years. Oh, I was working at Sports Radio 610 pretty heavy during the fuck Rick Smith, fire Rick Smith years <laughs> in that era. And everybody wanted every show. It was nothing but people wanting Rick Smith gone. And it just took a while for it to happen, man. And eventually he did step down for like personal reasons. It wasn't even like an official firing. But yeah. I think when they like somebody, it takes a lot for them to actually cut ways with them you know the coach is one thing because you know you're directly responsible for like wins and losses so once you have a few bad seasons that's it but even then like kubiak stuck around longer than people wanted him to too it really took the team bottoming out for him to be gone yeah bill (laughs) o'brien yeah i I was shocked bill o'brien was fired in mid-season that early at the yeah, four not games even mid-season yet it was four games i was shocked he he <laughs> was fired that that was like un-texans like yeah to fire somebody four games into a season yeah and i kind of felt bad for him because that was a gauntlet of a four games yeah he, he played i think it was like kansas city i want to say he like kansas city pittsburgh baltimore <laughs> and minnesota who was all good and that got him fired. <laughs> I mean, I felt at the very least he should have had to withstand the embarrassment of what he built. Yeah. Like the DeAndre Hopkins trade, the players he brought in, his ruining the team with fucking trading our picks for years to come. He should have had to get yeah. in front of the media and answer for that. Yeah. For fucking 16 weeks in a row, man. He should yeah. not have gotten able to just be to cut bait and leave. Yeah, and we got to be stuck with the aftermath. You got to put that on a black coach now. Romeo Cornell got an answer for this shit now. Lovey Smith got an answer for this shit now. David Cully got an answer for this shit now. Like this is the blowback of what he did. Yeah, and so he kind of got off easy in terms of facing the music of what he built here. Yeah, and that's what I kind of like about Tillman Fatida a little bit. Like he ain't firing no coach in midseason. Steven yeah. Silas, he was fired recently. Like, we all knew he was gone. <laughs> we yeah. probably knew he was gone at the beginning of the damn season. And at no point was like, oh, it's time to let him go. Like, you can finish this whole season up. Like, I'm getting my money's worth. So I think, uh, like, it wasn't like when they fired Bill O'Brien that it was still a chance they was going to, mm-hmm. you know, make a run. I think everybody knew it was over. 
So, um, yeah, I just I if it was my choice, I would have just let him <laughs> let him soak in that shit <laughs> as long as yep. he can. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would have had him had him for the re- I think I think the players were close to a revolt. I think JJ Watts had some some something to say. Oh, one hundred percent. Some part in uh, Bill O'Brien being fired that early. Yeah, I think he went to the front office and said it's either him or me. <laughs> and because I, I I heard things were getting real bad. Yeah, uh, between the players and him. So yeah, I think they broke out. Like, I don't want to say physical fight, but it was actually a fight during practice. Yeah. So <laughs> or a screaming yeah. match. Yeah, things were getting tense, man. I know, uh, yeah, they were having some problems. So maybe it just had to at that point. But yeah, yeah man, I don't know. With Steven Silas, it's like, well, job well done, okay? <laughs> Tank like you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where they get in the draft. I don't think they're going to get the number one pick. But yeah. uh, we'll see where they go, man. Hopefully, who do you want as a Rockets head coach, man? I'm actually I'm fine with getting somebody like a Nick Nurse if he gets fired. I'm getting, I don't know if he got fired yet, but for some reason he was in the play uh, playing game, and everybody anticipating them moving on from him anyway. So I'm like, damn, yeah. that's kind of wild. But um, I would be fine with Nick Nurse. I would be fine with Sam Cassell, and um, I don't know how I feel about Frank Vogel, but I I think it's better than I I think he's a a good quality head coach who had mm-hmm. a good run in um in Indiana. He won, I mean, say what you want, but he won the, the COVID championship with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I felt like he was all right. So I'll be fine with those three. Um but I really me personally, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I would like uh Ime Udoka. I was gonna mention that. I'll be yeah. down with that too, man. Me too. But I still like we still have never gotten an answer for what the fuck happened there, man. Like, <laughs> all these people who were saying, ooh, we're going to find out soon what happened. I, now, I'm still confused as to why he was fired, man. Yeah. Like, and people acted like he was a fucking menace or implied that he was, like, <laughs> taking pussy or something, man. Like, yeah. I, I've heard no, no corroboration know anything about anybody being victimized here yes he shouldn't have had sex with somebody he worked with yeah. but i don't think that's a fucking crime man okay <laughs> people were people were very dramatic about that whole thing and i think he got an unfair shake but yeah yeah i'll be down for that yeah. i'll be down hey bring all the canceled niggas to the rockets man <laughs> bring Ime udoka and bring in Kyrie irving okay <laughs> Let's just have the cancel Olympics. Everybody got canceled. Let's bring them to Houston, man. This is the city of redemption now. Yeah. I'm down with it. <laughs> I, I agree, man. I think we should have him. I think we should have I think he's a damn good coach. I don't know what happened, but look, I don't think we'll ever find out what happened, to be honest. And uh, I guess the more I thought about it, because remember the last time we talked about it was when Jayla Rose was like, how come, you know, how come we don't know her yeah, name? Yeah, his, his, his mid-game apology he did in front of the fucking, uh, <laughs> a fucking uh, Taliban camp or something, <laughs> wherever he was. Yeah. He had to apologize. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of which, this motherfucker, Malika Andrews is a menace, man. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. 
I just saw this like the other day. Apparently it's a few days old though. There was a clip circulating of uh, Jalen Rose who apparently hadn't been on like NBA Countdown for a while, whatever fucking show it is. Mm-hmm. And he got in and he gave uh, Malika Andrews a hug. And she was like, get your fingers out of my armpit. And he's like, he looked at her kind of confused, like, what? And you can see in the video, like, he's just giving her a side hug. Like, he's bringing her in, but you can see his fucking hands are visible and her fingers are visible. Yeah. And she said, get your fingers out of my armpit. (laughs) He's like, what? This fool had to make a statement. What? I guess, yes, he made a video. (laughs) We can look it up. He made, okay, now we got to find it. Yeah. (laughs) I ain't see this at all. Yeah. Man. I would stay away from Malika Andrews at all oh, costs. This was a mess, man. Let's let me see if I could find it. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, yeah, because he had to make a a, a video clarifying this, <laughs> that he did not. Um, let me see if I could find it. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of just reactionary people on YouTube <laughs> reacting to shit, and I'm getting sick of it. Just yeah. show me the fucking footage, man. Is it on Twitter? Uh, it might be. <laughs> It might be, but um, okay. I'll put the video in the on the fucking in the fucking rundown, man. Put it in there. <laughs> but uh, this, this is his apology video. It's under yeah. the artist spot guest le- guest I, thing I, I rundown. You. But yeah, we, I'm trying to find the actual hug. One second. Let me- all right. You want to find a hug first? first? Yeah, let's find. Okay, okay, okay. Now I found. I found a. Uh, okay, I found it. I found it. I found it. Play this Twitter thing instead. I think this is the whole thing. All right. So. Uh, yeah, you you go go to that Twitter link because <laughs> we got to break this down like we did the uh, other apology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Starting to feel for Jalen Rose, man. Yeah, I man. Like I feel like I'm, on his back. Yeah, I felt like they're trying to get him out of here, man. <laughs> Maybe they gave uh, Malika Andrews some marching orders. <laughs> like, get this Negro canceled. He's taking too much of the payroll. All right. Which one? This. One? Uh. Wait. Uh, oh, oh, here no. we go. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, let's go. Where does it get your finger out of my armpit? We're just happy to see Jalen Rose welcoming I in see my the <laughs> man <laughs> with the best hair in television. Wait, hold on. Let me turn down a little bit for a second. Wait, hold all right. So let's examine the hug first and foremost. <laughs> it's kind of hard to see, but yeah. you, there is a zoom in and you can tell like his his fingers are not in her armpit. Where does like, it, it's just a, your... yeah, there you go. Yeah, see, like... <laughs> so he got this hand on the ball, and his hands is right... His fingers are right little, there. It's not even like a, a uncomfortable hug, man. Yeah, this is a little more uncomfortable right here. Right? She's putting <laughs> her hand on his chest. She, it seems like she just wants... I don't know if that's like a get away from me push or what. Yeah. Like, I, I know... Malika, <laughs> Wait, see, what? Where does it get your finger out of my armpit? We're just happy to see Jalen Rose welcoming <laughs> in the man with the best. Yeah. Now you say maybe she's being playful and joking. Yeah. But in this era, in this on this station, I feel like it's dangerous to even imply something like that. 
Yeah. Like, maybe, like I, I thought about that for a while. Like, maybe she was just playing around, but... You can't even like play like that. Than, yeah, you can't even play like that no more, man. Yeah. So, any... And if people, if there's any allegation against Jalen Rose, like they would bring that up. Yes. Look at him improperly hugging and putting his fingers in the armpit of Malika Andrews. So she probably had to know like how that would sound yeah. on, on TV and social media, man. But she did it anyway. Yeah. And uh, Jalen Rose had to make a statement about it. Uh, I don't know if he had to, but Best he just hair. addressed it Turn on uh, Instagram Live. <laughs> there you go. Turn down a little bit for a second. Some people don't address things head on because it may be good for their ego, but I don't. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell y'all something loud and clear, and I even turned on the music for this one. Malika Andrews is like my little sister. She from the Bay. Like my other sister, Amina Hussein, who's a producer at Amazon that's like my sister. They worked at ESPN that got me on NBA Countdown. And let me tell y'all something that's very, very direct and clear so ain't no gray area. First off, you damn right I hug my sister because I'm a real one, I'm a boss, and I'm a G. Wait, pause. Next. That sounds a lot like the uh, Lil Wayne, damn right I kiss my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right I hug my sister. Okay, you go. I didn't put my finger under her armpit. <laughs> If you look at the picture, I only got five, four fingers and one thumb, and they on her shoulder. <laughs> Number two, I ain't get fired from ESPN for doing that. Oh, they <laughs> man, they are petty, man. I, I, I know if you're listening to the podcast, they put a picture of uh, Malika Andrews and her, and her boyfriend, uh, Dave McMenamin. Yeah. On uh and, and some other pictures uh, after this uh, apology, but yeah, yeah. The fact that he had to make a statement about this, or the fact that he even addressed it, yeah, is, is ridiculous, man. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know why he was mad at us. <laughs> like, like you should be mad at Malika Andrews for yeah. You yeah. can see there's a zoom in of the of the picture, <laughs> and clearly his fingers are not anywhere near her damn armpits. Yeah. <laughs> so, what a strange thing for her to say, man. Like. Yeah, like he wasn't trying strange. to tickle her or nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I he should be mad at her. Like yeah. I don't know why he's like going to bat for her and like she's the one putting you in this position to begin with. Yeah, man. she didn't even have to say anything, and nobody would have thought nothing of it. So I don't, I don't get it, man. It's like maybe she was just uncomfortable being hugged. Period. I don't know. And in that case, he should not hug her anymore. You know, he he's. Yeah, trying that, to defend the hug. It's yeah, like, y'all gotta like dog, that's that's not your sister. If you yeah. <laughs> if she have a problem with you hugging, <laughs> but the fact that he had to clarify and make an armpit statement <laughs> just speaks to uh, the era we're in right now, man. Like, yeah, damn, this and, this and this is the crazy thing. I know. I guess maybe he's scared to throw her under the bus a little bit, but she said, "Get your finger out of my armpit." And so why why are you responding to people saying saying she that? She said it. <laughs> I know it'd like, be one thing if Twitter blew up and said, yeah. why you got your fingers in her armpit? But yeah. she said it and people just reacted <laughs> to it. And we're wait, this is a believe women era, right? <laughs> believe black women, okay? And she is a notable black woman. She took a 
Rachel Nichols spot. And yeah. look, she we're supposed to believe them. So if she says he had her fin- his finger in her armpit, that's supposed to be what we go with, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's her word against yours, and we're supposed to boost black women's voices, man. Okay, so I'm sorry, Jalen Rose, you are wrong. <laughs> we're accusing you of assault. I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> but it's just so strange, man. Like, that's just a dirty thing for her to do, dog. I, I, yeah. So, sometimes I feel like people go too hard on these fucking ESPN personalities, but that's some shit that's just dirty, man. Like, yeah. why would you even put that out there for no reason? <laughs> I mean, at least, at least he uh, addressed it on his live. It wasn't like an ESPN background. Yeah, they didn't. Where they cut. <laughs> they didn't make them. <laughs> had cut for commercial break. <laughs> I would like to apologize for an improper finger usage in my hug to Malika Andrews' past <laughs> segment. <laughs> yeah, that shit was wild, man. Um, and yeah, there was also that clip of her uh, when that uh, new, who was it, the Celtics' new head coach, Oh yeah, she like read off his rap sheet from yeah. like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, like nigga, what the fuck? <laughs> and y'all claim to care about like how black people are portrayed in in sports and media and yeah. shit like this, and then y'all, our own people, be doing shit like this, man. This is a dirty, dirty, dirty game, man. Yeah. Do you feel like she got like? And I hate pulling this card because she a black woman, mm-hmm. but do you think it's do you think it's something there or? Do you think her being married to a white man is kind of, you know, is that kind of showing a little bit? Like, I I, I hate to kind of pull that card, but it seemed like she was really going hard on these, on, on black men when it comes to, like, relationships and rap sheets and stuff like that. Do you think it's kind of weird her doing that and being married to a white man? Look, I don't want to put it on being an interracial like we've had their whole interracial relationship debate and it's like i don't give a fuck man date whoever you want to date yeah. just don't act like you're the voice of uh a black relationships when you're not in one or if you're shit like that man so yeah as far as that goes man um i feel like if she was married or dating or married to a black man i feel like women are more conscious of how they portray black men and same thing with men too. You know, I think because we got, you got a whole list of Mm. athletes and people, entertainers who say dirty shit about black women and they're married to like a white woman. Yeah. So I feel like if you're in a relationship, a black relationship, black man, black woman, you're more conscious of about how you portray the race and your people, your women, your men. And Maybe she just doesn't have that filter because yeah. she's not in. She don't. She don't feel like the extra need to protect a black man because she's not with one. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't speak to what goes on in her mental, but I just think that's some dirty shit to do, man. And yeah. You never see and, and and see if I was her in her position, I probably wouldn't say that. I probably wouldn't do that yeah. because I know, like, he already kind of put his foot in his mouth the last time. And I don't know if she had anything to do with that on why he had to do that weird apology. But I would be a little more conscious, like, let me not do this to kind of set him up. Yeah. So um, that's why I was wondering if it's a thing where maybe she don't even realize it. 
Maybe she if just kind of maybe it, she it go. Some people just don't see color, where they yeah. just like a guy do this. I'ma just call it out, and you know me being a black man, I kind of watch what I say mm-hmm. because I don't want to. You know, I don't want to. I know how it can end up if I'm sitting there complaining about, let's say, another black man. I might just take it easy and look the other way because I know if I say something about this black man, he might get fired or something. Yeah. So uh, it seemed like she don't really got that in her heart. She just kind of like real loose with it. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, It's and you don't see people like Taylor Rooks do things like that. You don't see most people in, in media do things. And she's done things like the whole thing with Stephen A over the Ime Udoka thing. Yeah. Where she was like, the one thing we're not gonna do here is blame women. Yeah. He's like, What what the fuck? Like, first <laughs> off, I don't appreciate what you're implying here. <laughs> so cause he wouldn't even miss anything like that. But she yeah. just went to she like the extreme. W- yeah. And I feel like you have to know, especially as young as she is in this era we're in, what an allegation can do, what an implication. It can ruin your can career. Do. Yes. I mean, Stephen A. Smith has gotten in trouble for things he said. He's gotten suspended. Almost fired. Uh, he's lost. We talked about this in a uh, a few podcasts. Yeah. Um. I think he has a new book out where he talks about it. But the Aisha Curry thing got him in trouble. The Ray Rice thing. He has some comments that got him in some real trouble. Mm. And it's like I just feel like y- you have to be aware of what those kind of comments can imply. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. If she has that filter. <laughs> Maybe she just doesn't think that way. Maybe yeah. she's just like on that side of Twitter <laughs> yeah. in the gender wars. Maybe she's entrenched. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just some nasty behavior, man. It's like, yeah. I understand calling out actual improper behavior and there's definitely people manipulating women and just some scumbags in the industry, but not everybody is like that, man. Yeah. And there are some people that should, you should not try to throw under the bus under yeah. any circumstance, just, just for no reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what up, what up, Derek? We see you, uh, he says on Facebook, watching the podcast for the first time. So far, so good. Appreciate you, man. It's at the race car, too. You, you pull, we, dog, we pull the race card a lot on this podcast, man. <laughs> I always like to know now. Yeah. Like in the loop. I, okay. look, I ain't going to play the sounder, man, because we're going to be playing it like 50 million yeah. times on here. It's so <laughs> <laughs> It's a black podcast. We're going to talk about black stuff on this podcast, man. So. Yeah. Uh, we said tab in the YouTube comments as well. What's going on, dog? What's up, Good to tab? Have you as well, <laughs> um, you were just talking about Malika Andrews' uh, armpit allegations. She uh, she alleged that uh, Jalen Rose put her, her his fingers in her armpit during a side hug, and it was very very strange. She had to make an, a a video explaining that he didn't, which is just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes with them, but. I don't know, man. I feel like uh, maybe uh, I feel like a lot of people are trying to. I feel like stations or or company media companies are like using controversies to get people out the paint. Because look what's going on with Don Lemon, man. Yeah. There was a hit piece on Don Lemon like a, a week ago, <laughs> where people just spilled out all the stuff he's done behind the scenes, and this came out of like nowhere, man. Yeah, he had one comment about the Republican lady being past her prime or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> suddenly the floodgates open. Yeah. And now everybody was attacking Don Lemon. And it's like, <laughs> part of me feels like the companies are backing this because they want a reason to fire these people. 
I think so, yeah. I think so. Because um like I look at like in the in the media, in the uh industry, I would say, if they don't like you, all it takes for you to make one tiny mistake. Yeah. And they will use that. They might it might not work. It's kinda like when you look at the feds when they investigate somebody, they ain't gonna get you for the, you know, running a red light. Hell, they might not get you for murdering somebody. But they adding up all of the stuff you do. They got a long rap sheet and they, you know, doing the whole investigation and just tallying everything you do. And then when you do one more little thing, then like, all right, we got him. <laughs> so let's get him out of here. This is all the stuff he's been doing. Yeah. So I think I think it's the same way here, man, because I, I, I actually experienced, not experienced it personally, but knew some people when somebody was actually trying to get somebody fired and they knew it and they were just like a whole bunch of different random write-ups for something small. Um, they had, you know, uh, a list of things that they were complaining to them about. And I came to a point where somebody came to me, was like, hey, is this person giving you a hard time? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no. <laughs> like, this person's actually cool. Like, they was trying to get more dirt on this person. So I guess they could have a reason to fire them. So I could I could definitely see that, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, Brown Chubby Bear says, Controversy sells. I love 610. I listen to it every weekday, but even 610 read my entire Twitter fight with somebody and sent an hour and spent an hour talking about it. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I re I remember that. That was like a year ago, I think. This is when I I don't think I um even knew you during that time. But I remember uh they was going back and forth about some probably some texts and stuff. And uh it was like a big fight, man, <laughs> on Twitter. And we kind of went through the whole thing. Was it on in the loop? Yeah. It wasn't like it ain't have anything to do with us. But uh, something happened where we end up reading this back and forth with like two diehard Texans fans. I think it might have been like it, honestly, it might it might have been about Deshaun Watson. It might have oh, okay. been something. About, I think now that I think about, it, I think it was. I think uh, Brown Chubby. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. It was about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so that was a hell of a time. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, you're right. Controversy do sales. <laughs> yeah, man, and. Um... Yeah, I think um, a lot of these media companies are also trying to roll back on the uh, these high paid, you know, they're all every every year you hear about cutbacks, people get fired. And really, their ultimate goal is to fire like the most paid people and get yeah. somebody else in there who's yeah. paid less. Yeah. And, um, I, and I wonder if it's deeper than that, too. I wonder if they because I don't think like let's say they did want to fire Don Lennon. I don't think they want him working somewhere else for a yeah. competition. So I wonder if they like disgraced. You gotta be disgraced. Yeah. Man. So if they just try to throw dirt on his name, they I mean they probably don't like him. He probably do act a little bougie or probably a jackass behind the scenes or something. But they probably just try to get like bring him down so he can't just up and get a job at Fox or up and get a job at some other station. Yeah, like they did with the uh, Chris Cuomo. Oh, oh yeah. I already say his fucking name. That dude, yeah. him and his and his mayor brother were like <laughs> the fucking kings of the world or the nation during COVID. And like within a year, they were both out the paint, man. 
Yeah. Like him and his brother. I didn't even realize Chris was gone. Because I remember yeah, man, he, he was got, on Fox, he got, right? Was he on Fox or? No, nah, uh, he was on C- CNN. CNN, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And him, is, him and his brother would have like some cute little back and forths going on. Then his brother got in trouble for some sexual assault allegations and he couldn't cover it on his show because that's his fucking brother. Yeah. And then he got exposed for basically <laughs> covering up shit for his brother. Damn. <laughs> and he got fired for it. So now it's like, where where else can this dude work, man? Liberals yeah. hate him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, where else are you gonna go and work, man? So, yeah, they they make sure your your name is tainted. Yeah, so you can't boost up anybody else. So, yeah, we'll it's, see. It's a cold no, world, no, man. man. It is a cold world. It, that's man. why I hope yeah. I'll never like. I try to be on everybody's good side. I try to be respectful. I want like if I ever get fired, I want everybody to be like, oh my god, how can we run yeah, this sh- yeah. this station without fig? Man, <laughs> he, hey. I want it to feel like I died. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be mourning around this motherfucker if I yeah. get fired. <laughs> I don't want nobody to throw a party <laughs> if I get fired. We want we want a protest, man. Yeah, we had some people out here throwing protests for Deshaun Watson before the allegations came out and shit. If Figgy ever get fired, I want to see y'all picketing the streets, okay? I want to see y'all picketing. I want to see uh, uh, some people very upset. I want to see news coverage. It's got to be on the news that Figgy was unjustly fired for whatever reason, man. So, yeah, I got to be emotional. Yeah, I want y'all to be out here at 24 Greenway Plaza. Yeah. It was a, it was a, (laughs) man, it was a protest today out here. Like I kind of had a little trouble getting in. They had all the um entrance locked, so it was a security guard there. I had to tell him I work here, mm-hmm. and he opened the gate and let me in. But um, all I kept hearing from them was like free um Palestinian or something like that. Who was it for? Like I know we've had some because I think Ted Cruz had an office at mm-hmm. our in our building. But oh, I don't okay. know if he still has one. I don't think that was it. This what this seemed like it wasn't even our business to be honest. Oh, they damn. kept saying free Palestinian or something. It was a lot of people that was um I want to say uh Arab or something. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I, I don't know their ethnicity. But they was like wrapped in like headbands and turbans and stuff. So um yeah, I don't it must know. Be something like uh, they probably had like a Jewish speaker or somebody up there, somebody with Israel. Maybe it, I don't know. It, it could be. I don't know. But yeah, maybe somebody had some kind of appearance or speaking engagement there and yeah. people found out. So Yeah, it was yeah. pretty rowdy down there. <laughs> so Oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know how I feel about protests. I feel like in a way, protests are supposed to be like disruptive. Yeah. But at the same time, don't fucking stand in the middle of the highway and block my way to work, man. Don't do <laughs> shit like this. Like, <laughs> That's the point of the protest. They're trying to bring awareness. Yeah, but just don't don't disrupt me, okay? Disrupt yeah. the man. That's my thing, man. Like disrupt the people, like the politicians, the people. Inconvenience them. Don't inconvenience like the everyday people, man. We're just yeah. trying to get to work, feed our families, okay? Yeah. Like don't 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 disrupt me on my way to work to fucking eat and pay my rent, okay? <laughs> Disrupt the millionaires and billionaires, okay? Yeah. Get on the airship on their private flights and black their... Do something with them, man, okay? Like, yeah. don't try to inconvenience us. Yeah, and honestly, and honestly, what can we do about... What can I do about it? <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know what I could do about it, and I am I was just trying to get to work. So, I, <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't... 
Huh? You can vote, okay? I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me know what I need to do, and I'll vote for y'all. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a little inconvenience trying to get in because I tried to get in on, off of the in, uh, the entrance on Greenway, and... Mm-hmm. um. And it, it was closed. That entrance, it had like a gate. It was locked. I'm like, what the f-? I didn't even know it had a gate. So I went around to the other side where the movie theater is, and it was jam-packed. So I I went and made that U-turn to try to go on the other side, and it was a gate right there shut. I'm like, what the f-? <laughs> So I just pulled up, and uh, it was a security guard right there. And I told him I work here. I work at the radio station. And he he opened the gate and let me in. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> no shit. I'm like, damn, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, they saw, um, I guess they're doing that uh, 9-11 style security where yeah. they got scared because they saw people in turbans and shit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so they were like, uh-oh. But yeah, um, yeah man, that's, uh, it's fucking crazy, man. Like, look, I'm all for the protests, but just the people gluing themselves, like some of that shit, the the shit that was going on in the NBA season as well, people running on the court and I don't know, man. Like, oh what is yeah, that, what does that do for your cause, man? Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot really about that. that. <laughs> yeah, it was like a it was like a month of that shit going on, man. And it's like yeah. nobody even knew what it was about. It yeah. was just random people running on court and, and and yelling and screaming and shit. So yeah, yeah, wild times, man. But I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, on to the topics, man. On to the new releases. We'll break down some new music that came out this past week or this past few weeks. Um, I guess we'll start off with the new Drake single. Um, Drake dropped a Lucy. Um, it is uh, called Search and Rescue. It is produced by uh, kind of a newcomer producer, Benny X, who uh, he produces for Yeet, as well as he did that... Uh, that Poland song with Lil Yachty as well. Kind of like a uh, kind of a hot name now in um in uh in hip hop. Derek says, I will protest for you, Figgy. If they ever fire you, hopefully not. Love you and your shows. Yeah. Man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Derek, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. I need all the love I can get. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Drake dropped this single. Um some um some shots apparently at Kanye with the promotion, the rollout, and the song itself. Um, there are some yeah. clips taken from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Um, Kim Kardashian quotes um are in there. Um, the uh the cover art for the single features a woman who looks suspiciously a lot like Kim Kardashian. Um, clearly some subliminals being being shot um, again towards Kanye after, <laughs> I guess they've fallen out again. Yeah, after their, I thought uh, they squashed everything. Free Jay Hoover concert. <laughs> free uh, Larry, Larry Hoover. Hoover, my bad, Jay Hoover. Jay Edgar Hoover, no, not him. <laughs> uh, Larry Hoover. Um, it, it, yeah, apparently things are, uh, are bad with him again. But anyway, he dropped this single, Biggie, what were your thoughts on that, man? Did you, did you like it or you think Drake is washed? Uh, uh, I wouldn't say Drake is washed yet, but this song was awful, man. Like, I hope this wasn't like, I'm sure he probably, the way he works, I'm sure he probably going to be like, oh, it's just a loose, it's just a throwaway. But I didn't like this at all, man. It was a snooze fest. 
Um, to me, he was kind of, you mentioned Yeet, like the producer was, you know, produced for Yeet and um and Lil Yachty and all that stuff. It kind of sounded like he was rapping like a Yeet or a younger artist. How they how they rap like a it, it kind of had like a Lil Yachty, uh, not y- Lil Yachty, but a little Uzi Vert feel to it. Yeah. For some reason. And it's like, why the hell are you rapping like that? <laughs> so I I ain't like it at all. Um that's all I had. I when I first heard it, like I cut it off probably like 20, 30 seconds in. I'm just like, man, I don't want to hear this, man. I like, come on, man. Like, I'm kind like, I'm trying, I'm trying to hear bars from Drake at this point, or at least a good song. And I ain't hear bars or a good song in this. So um I finally listened to the whole thing again uh today. And I didn't miss anything, man. It was pretty much, I felt like he just duplicated the lyrics <laughs> later on in the song yeah. to make it longer. So I ain't really care for it, man. I was disappointed. It was, it was, um, I wouldn't even call it mid. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was just bad. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I don't really know why Drake released this. Um, I just don't understand why he, he dropped this even at all like it it was so uninspired it was so just i don't know man like drake just has nothing else to sing or rap about at this point (laughs) like it's the same themes over and over again and the his singing look people people like his i've given up this fight of trying trying to convince people that drake is just an awful singer (laughs) this monotone Somebody save me. Like, this shit is just, ugh. I can't take it no more, man. Like, I can't take the monotone singing. I can't take the basic ass bars. I can't take, like, the, the same old love song he want to sing. It, it's just getting it's a little boring, man. Uh, yeah. And this song, like, the beat didn't go with him. was not his style at all. I felt like maybe he was trying to try something new. But um, it just didn't work out, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, uh, maybe he drops a, his his final album for a while and kind of goes to a semi retirement and comes back more inspired. I'll be down with that. But yeah. personally, I just feel like I don't know. He he needs to take. He should take a break. I feel. <laughs> um. That's, that's a good. I feel, that's man. a good idea, man. Like, when was the last time Drake actually took a break? He always been active somehow, even if it's not album mode or single mode, he's always on somebody's song. So I think I think he need to get ghost for like a year. Where yeah, people kind of I like kinda... to see him do other things. I, I like to see him promote other artists. I like to see him maybe get into other forms of media, do some acting. I don't know. Some other things he's been talking about doing, but has we haven't really seen him do. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, the, just as far as the, this song is just like basically just echo what you said. It was very mid, uh, forgettable. I will probably forget it even came out next week. So <laughs> yeah. there's nothing special about it at all, man. It was just very run of the mill, the same old Drake, man. Nothing really to write home about at all. But yeah. so now I don't know. I guess he was just compelled to drop something, but. He could have kept this one. This one could have stayed on the cutting room full floor and just it, this could have been a leak. Yeah, uh, this, this could have been something that people just found. And, yeah. and I, have, I have a conspiracy theory of 
artists are intentionally leaking their songs. I was just about to say that. Go ahead. <laughs> this could have been like a great uh, a leak song. Like, Because the thing is how these leaks work. Um, basically, somebody pops up and says, I got so many songs from Playboy Cardi. I want $15,000 for them. And the community of fans gets a whole GoFundMe or whatever. They gather the money, they all collect it, they pay the guy, and they get the songs. And the conspiracy to me is I think the artists themselves are actually doing this. Mm. If you think about it, they're getting way more money from this than they would be releasing the songs traditionally and just getting the streaming money. Mm. So would you rather get point one zero 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 one percent of every stream or just get a side of 15k yeah. for four songs yeah and drop them mm. so part of me feels like the artists or the engineers or whoever are actually leaking the songs on purpose and this could have been like a cool little drake leak or something like some yeah. shit that somebody just found and put on the internet yeah but the fact that it was an official release that he did a build-up for and everything and it was it was underwhelming for that. Yeah. I was I was kind of think, thinking a little more simpler than this. I was thinking more of artists being scared to, you know, put a song out because of the reception. So they, you know, leak, they get it leaked saying, oh, yeah, it's a leaked song and kind of see how people feel about it. And if it's a good song, then they kind of push it a little more and if they don't like it. Well, it's just, it's just one of my leaked songs, my throwaways. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like, um, well, I knew some local people that did that, which I thought was corny because they ain't, yeah. they ain't really have a lot. It wasn't like people was trying to leak their music. Mm-hmm. Like, who is you? <laughs> so they tried to make it like, man, they just leaked my song or blah, blah. <laughs> I'm just like, dog, nobody knows you. <laughs> so, but, you know. Is, to me, I think that's kind of a smart marketing move a little bit just to kind of see how people feel about it. And if people really like it, then let's go. Let's keep promoting it. But if if they don't, if they talking shit about it, then, well, that was just one of my throwaways. And yeah. um, I think now what people, now what a lot of artists be doing is they um, preview a song. They be like, how y'all feel about this? And you know, posted on Twitter, it, it'd be like a little snippet. And I guess depending on if social media go crazy over it, and be like, yeah, re- release it, release it, release it, and then they, you know, release it. If not, then they just keep it in the tuck. Yeah, yeah, it's a smart, smart move. I mean, to get more money out of it. Yeah, Jerry Warren Jr. says, uh, "Very smart. They have a huge following." Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. little Uzi Vert. And and Playboy Cardi are probably some of the ones who get the most. I mean, those leakers get paid the most, I feel, because they have a rabid fan base. Mm-hmm. Travis Scott would get a huge amount if he leaked songs, man. So, yeah, it's pretty smart, especially in this era of people not getting a whole lot of money for their shit. But then mm-hmm. again, it could just be like rogue engineers and, and producers doing this, too, which is kind of dirty. Yeah, they're pocketing money from the artist, but yeah, it would be smart if the artist was really doing it because they're not making that money on the songs. Yeah, but um, it, I guess this is something the label had to step in and try to stop. <laughs> in some cases, it's like a legit hack, like yeah. people getting their iCloud accounts like hacked into. I know, um, Young Nudie had like 
a shitload of music get leaked, man. I was like a bunch of music, man. <laughs> man. It was like n- more than reasonable for somebody yeah. to even plan that. This shit. like career ending type. Yeah, he had a ton <laughs> of music leaked. Damn. So, uh, in some cases, actually hackers like getting into accounts and, and getting this music. But yeah. other th- times, I feel like the artists or engineers themselves are actually just trying to get some more profit. Derek says he's still trying to understand new rap songs. Bring me back to some UGK level Southern rap with a newer style and I might appreciate it or I might try it. No mumble shit though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's people, you could try like a Larry June. He just dropped a new project. You could try like a Big Crit. Big Crit, yeah, I was going to say Big Crit. Big Crit is a good one. You could try like a, I don't know, like a J. Cole, if you haven't given J. Cole a chance, you probably like him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's it's tough finding Yeah, uh, it, you ain't gonna UGK find another UGK, now. man. Yeah. <laughs> like those days are gone, but you still have some um some guys that's kind of going back to that mode a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like even um, uh, well, I haven't listened to this guy in a minute, but somebody like a Joey Badass, if you yeah. like some East Coast old 90s vintage type stuff. He was doing that for a minute. He was he kind of brung that sound back a little bit. So uh, I don't know if he's doing that now, but somebody like that is good. It kind of brings you back to the older days. But um, yeah, I agree with you, Brick Crick. That's somebody I would check out too. He kind of got that old school feeling. And honestly, Derek, I know you went H Town. You you know you're a fan of the show. Look, Slim Thug and them still releasing music, yeah. man. Lil Kiki still releasing music. <laughs> and um, a lot of their music still sound, it still got that H-Town flavor to it. So, um, yeah, man, check out some of the OGs from Houston. Yeah, I think Paul Wall either just dropped the album or has one coming out soon as well. He's been really? dropping consistently, like kind of under the radar yeah. as well. Yeah, so, a, a lot of them been uh, dropping under the radar like that. I mean, well, kind of consistently. Because yeah. if you kind of outside of Houston or Texas, you probably thinking like, damn, what happened to Paul Wall? Or damn, what happened to the, uh, Lil Kiki? But they still out here dropping albums, man. You could check them out on, on your streaming platform. Yeah. Like, they, they still got some stuff. So, uh, yeah, check them out. Yeah, I was just watching that uh, Paul Wall interview on the Ghetto Boys podcast minus Scarface. <laughs> Scarface still ain't come back from the oh, podcast. Oh, since that one incident? Yeah. Oh, man. that So it must have really been real. I think it's over. I Damn, think because I listened, I went back to listen to the podcast on it because I was like, he hasn't been on since that episode. Mm-hmm. So I went back and like, like it got kind of ugly at some parts, especially towards the end. Basically, Willie D implied he straight out said that Scarface was trying to sabotage the Ghetto Boy success by releasing his solo albums close to the release dates of the Ghetto Boys albums, mm. and basically that he piggybacked off the Ghetto Boy success for his and own. That and yeah, and that the Ghetto Boys is like bigger than Scarface. Damn. Like he actually believes that man. Damn man. And Scarface was really taken aback. Like he was like, "You think I would do that? You think Scarface would do that?" And Damn. he's like, "I think this nigga named Brad would do it because he's a shiesty ass nigga." He he legit oh, said that, man. Damn. And I feel like once you, what it, 
I feel like certain lines get crossed to where you just can't come back and act like friends no more. Yeah, if you feel like Brad is a shiesty dude that would do that, how can we be friends then? Yeah. Because you probably <laughs> thinking I'm shiesty over here with this podcast yeah. now. So I, I think the Ghetto Boys podcast might be over. I think Willie D is going to do a solo from now on. Yeah. It's disappointing because they've had some good guests. They had B King on, who we still need on the podcast at one point. Yeah. He had B King. He had Paul Wall. And um, there's no Scarface. So the podcast Damn. has lots of juice, man. It's just. Damn, man. Nah, it, it is difficult now without Scarface. <laughs> Unfortunate that that happened. The Grammys really ruined the Ghetto Boys. Yes. <laughs> that. Man. that Was that bullshit really worth the yeah. end of the Ghetto Boys? Yeah. Him rapping for 10 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> a ten Throwing second the moment. Podcast, man. I know. <laughs> Derek says, "I still love my OGs like Lopez. They stuff good, but I'm talking about new upcoming artists to hold tradition of Ace Town and its standards, which are so high with so many OGs." Um, yeah, I like, think I don't see. I don't know if it's a lot of, um, I guess, up and coming artists that's to that traditional H Town sound. Yeah. Because let's be real, a lot of artists are, or up-and-coming artists are chasing the new sound. Yeah. So um, I don't know if Atlanta is the new sound or what, but remember back when everybody tried to sound like they was from Atlanta? Mm -hmm. Like, you could be from L.A. and a song could sound like Future. So um, that might be a little tough. But um, look, man, it's some it's some stuff out there for everybody. You just gotta dig deep, man. You gotta. The best way to do it is to look on YouTube. Just try to discover some unknown artists or up and coming artists, because nine times out of ten, those are the ones that ain't getting discovered because of of that sound and the the way the industry is. They looking for people with the same sound that's working. Yeah, nah. It's, it, as far as up and coming rappers, most of them are gonna sound the same, man. Like yeah. if they're trying to make a hit, if they're trying to pop, they're gonna be chasing whatever sound is popular now. They're not trying to sound like uh fucking Slim Thug in 03, man. It's just not that's not the sound right now. So yeah, yeah unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. Derek loves him some TI, so now we got problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so Derek, this is my co-host Ryan Rocket. And one thing about Ryan Rocket is he is not a big fan of TI. No. So yeah, so he been down he been down on TI since the whole little flip beef. Yeah. And um like he, he had a, don't get him started on TI, man. He, <laughs> he go on a long rant about how, how much he hates TI. <laughs> uh, I saw he uh, apparently ran into Lil Boozy at an airport. Well, really, <laughs> so I wonder if they they iron things out about the uh, the snitch allegations. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah, Ti is just uh, <laughs> enough of this dude, man. <laughs> um, other things that came out, I didn't see this. Apparently, Cameron, Jetticus, and Mace got a new single out. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you knew, but uh, Cam, Jetticus, Mace, and it might be somebody else too. Um, they were on tour. They, I think they doing shows and stuff together. So, um, yeah, so apparently they made a song, song together. And um, this is really intriguing, too, because Cameron and Mace is like the best of friends now. <laughs> yeah. And um, kind of like old times. 
And uh, it kind of got me thinking. I, so I listen to the song. I, I think the song sound very Dipset-ish, Cam-ish. And uh, it sound funny hearing Mace on this, man, because I, I can think of nothing but Mace being a pastor <laughs> and him actually having a congregation, a church, and all that stuff. But um, I... Like I, I, I like the song, but I like I ain't gonna lie. I'm kind of glad I, I like this whole Cameron and Mace thing now, even though it's a little past their time. I'm I'm sure nobody is trying to listen to them. Uh, maybe twenty twenty five years ago, yeah, but I don't think nobody trying to check it for them right now. But it it just kind of brought me back to like, damn, what happened if uh. It was no Mace with Bad Boy. What if it was just straight up Cam and Murder Mace? What if they never fell out? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm kind of wondering how that would have been. Because it seemed like they kind of catching up on life. Um, Mace and Cameron doing a sports show, <laughs> which is really good, man. I really like the sports show a lot. <laughs> they had You see they had Jason Williams on there? <laughs> no, I didn't see the, that. Uh, the, the tall Jason Williams. I, I want to say, what I think. I can't remember. Was it the, uh, the the black one? Yeah. The bar the baller that'll murk you like Jason Williams. Yeah. Who, uh, killed his limo driver. Yeah. By accident. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um they had him on the show. <laughs> Gan was joking around. He was like, Look, I had the I had my dude with the AK in the back too. And they showed the picture <laughs> of the dude like with the AK. <laughs> I'm like, damn. But um the show is entertaining, man. I think I think um, I like that Cam and Mace found another lane instead of just doing a regular podcast gossiping. Yeah. So I think this is, I think this is something that could really catch on. I can see. Uh, I don't see ESPN or Fox picking up something like this, but I do see a lane where uh, Revolt TV can pick them up, or uh, somebody like Complex, or even shoot, even like a bar stool. If they want to. So, um, yeah, man. Um, so this, I, I like the song a lot, but it kind of made me, it kind of made me go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Like, damn, like they actually cool again. <laughs> they recording music again. And, um, they found the, uh, another lane. It's, it's, it's kind of like can put Dipset in the back and just, and just moved on. And he's still being Cam. Yeah, and it's it gets annoying to think of like what could have been if they just talked it out early on, man. Yeah, like now that they kind of washed up, they they're cool now, and it's good to see. But think about it, like if Cameron and Mace were still, you know, in their twenties in yeah. rap and they worked things out, how big they could have been. Yeah, and yeah, it, it was unfortunate yeah. that it the beef ruined it, but yeah, but I like the show a lot too, man. I think it's entertaining. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Pat Beverly feeling a certain type of way? Because he has some comments. Cameron, of course, went off on. Uh, I think Pat Beverly had something like uh, He's, he basically said he doesn't have sex at all on game days like, or something. Yeah, on game days or some shit like that. Yeah, and, and Cameron, of course, they was making jokes, man. It was like <laughs> you averaging like uh, six uh, points a game. He said you averaging you a single, this, single. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a tri- He said you averaging a triple single. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so he was like it's okay it's okay to have sex man 
<laughs> oh, and then uh, I guess Pat Beverly was on some other annoying-looking podcasts as well uh, yeah. with some dorky dude. And this is another annoying thing. All these athletes got, like, podcasts with annoying people. Yeah. Like, some random people who don't even belong on any kind of podcast. Yeah. I'm guessing they're, like, the ones bankrolling it or the ones it who set be. it up. Because that's the only thing I can imagine yeah. why it, they would be on it. Uh, my guess is they probably like dorky like you said but got a lot of money yeah and they could just say hey you want to be on my podcast let's do a podcast together and they paying this person because like yeah like um what's his name schultz uh andrew uh, not andrew schultz but um it's a reporter named schultz um i forgot his damn name but uh he got a podcast with uh uh mccullum who who used to play with damian lillard mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was kind of random. I'm like, damn, like, how did he get a podcast with him? So it, it, to me, it didn't make sense. But um, recently I found out that um, he's actually the son of the guy that owns Starbucks. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I'm try- let, let me try to find his name. But, um, yeah, he, he, break- he breaks the news once in a while. You probably seen him. He he like into the news breaking stuff, mm-hmm. but um, yeah he 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 the he the son of <laughs> of Starbucks, so we kind of joke around calling him the um, the Starbucks reporter. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like it's like damn he, like he he in the industry where you could tell he don't need to be in this industry. He probably good at uh, you know whatever he do, but. You could tell he just kind of getting his way around because his dad is the CEO of Starbucks. So um, I don't know, man. It's just I I think I think that's a it's probably happening a lot with you know when you see a dorky white guy, not white guy, but just a dorky guy that probably just got money and these athletes like, all right, I'll do it, and that's the only way they get paid because traditionally you're not really getting paid for the podcast. Unless you're getting ads and stuff. So they probably got the money to pay them to come on every week. Something like a um like a Arian Foster. How he, what he doing? Now yeah. I know he was Barstool, but them dude you know he getting paid per episode. Yeah. He's not wasting his time trying to build the brand and you know, he don't see the vision and think the money's coming soon. Mm-hmm. They they paying him to be there and they doing the rest. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. These people are bankrolling the podcast, so they want to be on the podcast, but it's it, it's annoying to have these fucking nerds talking. Like, J.J. Reddick has a good podcast, man, but his co-host is annoying as shit. Like, some guy who don't know nothing about ball, and it's like, why are you even there, man? Yeah, It could just be J.J. Reddick. That's the one thing I like about Draymond, Draymond Green. He doesn't have a co-host, man. Yeah. It's just him and a mic talking about whatever he wants to talk about. Yeah. And I feel like that's what people want to hear. Yeah. I don't want to hear dorky nerd talk about some goofy shit. Like the dude who was uh with Pat Beverly was talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm trading my pink mink right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, screw Kanye. Or yeah. screw Con- Cameron. It's like, dog, we need your yeah. fucking input on this and, shit, and man. This, and this is the same dude talking about some um, uh, weighing in on the Jared Morant stuff. Talk about so, oh yeah, well yeah. he's not 
yeah, well, he's not really about that life. So why would you <laughs> like nobody want to hear from you, bro? <laughs> like, sit this one out, man. Like, if Pat Beverly want to talk about this, let him have the floor. <laughs> I don't need to hear from no dorky white dude talking about, well, well you're not about that lifestyle. <laughs> and you're sitting there posting guns on Instagram. Like, come on, man. Like, dog, it's a lot of people posting guns on Instagram and that's about that lifestyle. <laughs> so don't just sit there not even knowing about that stuff and how that's how people really begin down to try to weigh in on that. And that report and that star the Starbucks reporter, that's his name is Jordan Schultz. Jordan Schultz. Oh, yeah, Jordan Schultz. And his dad is the CEO of Starbucks. Yeah. So anyway, Pat Beverly did take issue with Cameron's comments. He basically said, you know, how Cameron was the man, how we all looked up to him back in the day, and how when he's 47, he probably won't be on a podcast hating on people. He said he thought Cameron understood the grind that it takes to get in the NBA and all that stuff. And Cameron just kind of shot back and just said, we're just kidding, man. Don't be so <laughs> sensitive about it. But uh, how do you feel about Pat Beverly in, in his response? Do you think he has a point? My thing is, I felt like Pat Beverly could have responded the same way uh, Cameron dissed Jay-Z back when they was beefing. Just yeah. calling the old, all them old disses. Yeah. yeah. You, the funniest thing about that Cameron, that Cameron <laughs> Jay-Z diss was every time he mentioned Jay-Z, Jay-Z's age got, got older. Got older, yeah. You 38 <laughs> years old with Sean, uh, Sean Cletta. You, you 43 years old. Yeah. Still rapping. You 52 years old. <laughs> like every time he said. How you going to be wearing sandals, like walk years. around with sandals and jeans and you 42 years old? <laughs> King of New York is 48 years old, still out here. Yeah. Dogs. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about Cameron and, uh, and Pat Beverly and, and his comments? Man, I think, um, I think honestly, I think Cameron just have it for him because even before that, he was kind of going back and forth with um, uh, uh, Mario Chalmers, who used to play for the Heat. He was going back and forth with them, uh, with him about playing one-on-one. <laughs> He said he could beat Mario Chalmers one-on-one. And this is a guy that was really good in college, who uh who was pretty good in uh with the Mi- with Miami Heat until LeBron got there and started <laughs> a little broing them. <laughs> but um he was really good. So he was like trying to challenge him to a one-on-one game. And I know Cam was probably you know, he's joking around, messing yeah. around and all that stuff. I think that this is what Cam was doing. And uh, honestly, I want, I'm, I was kind of curious, too, because Pat Beverly ain't the first person who said they don't have sex on game days. I think I think Carmel, I think I, I want to say Lala might have put this out there when she was dating Carmelo, saying he don't have sex on game days either. But the, the few times that he did, he went off a lot. You know, she had to spice it up. The no, few times he did, he went off for 50 points or all this other shit. But um, I'm kind of curious why they don't have sex on game days like that, or certain ones. What's the like? Are, like, what's the purpose of it? <laughs> what's going There's on? A myth. There's a myth. This goes back to like boxing and combat sports of of um, sex weakening you, and mm. it's been disproven. They've done tests. They've had people like 
do that and then train and there is no no noticeable result of it improving or not improving your performance yeah you know in some cases people who had sex before a fight or a game did better yeah so i think it's just an old training myth I, i think it might be more of like a mental thing to keep you sharp as well but there's been proven to be no physical benefits to abstaining from sex or anything like that. Um, so I think it's just a myth that people still stick to it and people, especially athletes are very OCD, you know? So if yeah. they have, if they have one game where they have sex and it's a bad game, they're like, Oh, that must be the reason why I had a bad game. So they never going to have sex up, uh, during a game day again. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a myth. There's no, there's no proven, and there's no study that proves that it affects anything Yeah. as far as athletic performance. So, um, and Jenny P on YouTube says it's hard for anyone to understand the grind of another industry. Yes. You each had to grind to get to the top, but it was a different experience. Yeah, I agree, man. It's like, and, and people in other industries don't really respect the grind of another industry. I've yeah. Noticed, yeah. You know, it's, it- it's always like that, man. Like NBA players don't respect the grind of a media person. Yeah. They just look at them like, oh yeah, you little media types, write your little stories and all that stuff. You know how hard that is to get to where yeah. they are? <laughs> like it's very cutthroat. It's hard to get to that in that position. And, you know, same as the media types. We we kind of seem to look at, you know, athletes like they don't have a life. Like, they should be doing this or they should be doing that. We don't really look at them as humans like me and you. So I, it's, it's all over the place, man. Um, athletes think they can rap. Which I think Some of them probably could rap. I think anybody can rap nowadays. But yeah, but athletes feel like they could just drop a rap album and, and you know, do, do the hard grind that a rapper can do. And then you got certain rappers that, can, <laughs> that feel like they could play in the NBA. <laughs> J. Cole. <laughs> yeah. And they try to, you know, join the league and all that stuff. So yeah, I yeah, I think a lot of people don't respect that. Shout out to the wine chemist. The wine chemist in the building. Yeah, wine chemist. What up, girl? <laughs> um, Derek says you never been to Atlanta, Georgia. Like a bunch of still like a bunch of ATL rappers, old school ones though. Lil John, Luda, I T I Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher, okay. <laughs> I respect every city's game and sound, just not the old, just the old school shit. Hate the, all this new crap. I guess, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to get there at this point as well. But yeah. I, there, there's still some good new stuff out there, man. I can't. Yeah, get you, you just got, you just got to dig deeper to find it. Like if you, if you think you could just turn on the radio and find something, you have lost your mind, man. You yeah, really it ain't got like it used to be. Yeah, like I, I'm telling you, you gotta be on. I don't know, like maybe you you gotta get deep on YouTube. You gotta SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Spotify. Yeah, I would probably say SoundCloud to find some stuff because a lot of underground artists probably don't have as much money to put their stuff on, you know, streaming. So YouTube is the free way to do it. So they're you know releasing on SoundCloud and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, other things that oh yeah, we were still talking about new releases here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
so uh, I didn't listen to this Ray Shrimmer album. It did drop. It's a new Ray Shrimmer album, Shrimp for Life. It's one of those things where I just listened to a few songs. I turned it off, man. Like, Me I'm too. Just not in the mood for it right now. Yeah, we was talking about that before the podcast, man. Like, I've been in a weird. I don't, don't want to call it a funk, but I've been in, in a weird way where I don't want to hear none of this new stuff. I just like I, I've been listening to a lot of old stuff. I've been listening to Sirius XM Radio. I've been on the Groove Channel, so they play a lot of Prince, a lot of funk, a lot of Rick James, and all that stuff. So. I just been listening to that in the car, man. If I'm not listening to, you know, a podcast or sports radio 16 or something like that, I just put it on the groove channel. Just some old school positive stuff, man. Because after a while, I, I, I kind of get frustrated with the music and how everything sounds recycled. Yeah. And I, I know we were just talking to Derek how you got to dig deep mm-hmm. <laughs> and look for some, you know, unreleased stuff. But. Sometimes, man, you just be in a car trying to get point, get the point A to point B. And it's like, I ain't trying to dig deep like that. And, you know, the stuff on the radio is the same stuff that will always be on the radio. And I just get a little frustrated. So I just turn on something totally different, man. It was at one point, I was listening to EDM for like three weeks straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, like, I got to that point where I don't even want to listen to rap music. <laughs> And it been a struggle, even for this podcast, trying to, uh, you know, let y'all know about new music. It's just like, man, I don't want to hear this shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of this shit is just, I've aged out of, man. I, I have to admit, it's just, it, it, it is getting hard to listen to, especially, like I, I told you before the podcast, man. You know, De La Soul released their whole discography recently on streaming platforms. I've been bumping that heavy, man. I've been bumping Stakes as High, which I haven't heard in years. And I heard that whole album all the way through, and I immediately ran it back, which is like, I haven't done that for an album in years, man. And I just realized, like, something in this music is missing, dog. Something about it. I I try not to get stuck in, like, the old head mentality, but something about this the, the old music just has more soul, man. It's hard it's hard to put a word on it. The instrumentation, the sampling, maybe, I don't know, but it's just something is missing. It is just it, it just doesn't hit the same at all, man. And I was looking because Stakes is High came out in 1996, which was an incredible year for hip hop. And I looked up some of the albums here that released in 1996, and it's like, you can't tell me hip-hop is this good now man you just, yeah man, no matter all these people who say oh hip-hop ain't dead rap ain't dead you can't tell me it's this good dog let me let me list some of the fucking albums that came out <laughs> in 1996 yeah jay-z reasonable doubt yeah okay all eyes on me <laughs> outcast at aliens mm-hmm. the score by the fugees mm-hmm. you said all eyes on me tupac riding dirty by ugk Oh, I didn't Muddy know that came Water. out in 96. Yeah, Damn. Riding Dirty came out in 1996. Muddy Waters, Red Man. Hell on Earth, Mob Deep. The Machiavelli, Don Caluminati album as well. Uh, Stakes is High. Nas, It Was Written. Ghostface Killer, Iron Man. Lil' yeah. Kim Hardcore. Like, come on. That's man. a lot of music, so, man. That, that's that's <laughs> top 20. All of the uh, top 20 candidates of best rap albums of all time. Yeah. In hip hop. Yeah. In the same year. 
<laughs> niggas are scared to drop the same month now. Yes. You know, and these albums came out the same year. Ill Nana, Foxy Brown. Yeah. Resurrection, Ghetto Boys. Uh, Bow Down, West Side Connection. <laughs> Chapter One, Three Six Mafia. Like, come on, man. You can't, yeah. you can't tell me the coming Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes' debut album came out that year as well. Man. Like, you just can't. The Dog Father, <laughs> yeah. Ice Cream Man, Master P. Like, and the thing is, these albums all sounded different, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was a diverse sound. Riding Dirty Ain't Sound like, shit like a reasonable doubt. And, and, and to be honest, when you go back to 1996, what was the sound? Like, if you could say what was the sound in 1996, you couldn't even give an answer. Like, it was all type of sounds. Yes. <laughs> the Fugees was a different sound. Uh, Reasonable Doubt was a different sound. Uh, uh, West Side Connection, that was a West Side sound. So it was all type of sounds. But if you say what's the sound of, uh, uh, let's say, 2000. 12 or somewhere around it 2011 you're gonna say the trap beats the the uh let's luger type beats mm -hmm. and all that stuff how everybody was doing the same thing and even in the 2000s the 2000s as much as i love the 2000s it was kind of repetitive when it comes to everybody trying to make a dance song yeah or ringtone era the jazzy Faye era yeah yeah ringtone music yeah. So no, I agree, man. And you know the other thing that um I felt like we ain't take uh we ain't really take for granted, uh, or we took for granted when a, when you know it's a good album or a good song, when they actually say the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was listening to Red Man, he was nineteen motherfucking ninety one. <laughs> it was just like, oh shit, he about to get to it. Every time somebody say nineteen ninety five. It's about to go down. It's just like, oh, shit, we about to get to it. You don't hear nobody say 2023. Like, you don't hear that no more. Yeah. But back in the day, it's like 1989. <laughs> NWA. <laughs> Man, it would go down when people say that. <laughs> yeah, people don't say the years anymore, I guess. And you would think it's because people want to, their music to be timeless maybe. But then they mention shit that people won't remember five years from now <laughs> yes like they'll talk about something on tiktok or something and it's yeah. like in 20 years from now i probably don't even know what tiktok is anymore yeah so it's just things like <laughs> that get on my nerves uh mad wine chemist says r&b was untouchable back in that day yeah it was man it was and, uh, people argue that that was probably the start of the downfall of r&b honestly because that's when it started to become more hip-hop infused yeah, they kind of start rapping. They kind of start singing over hip hop beats a little bit. Yeah, they start featuring. I mean, they wasn't rapping, but they start putting rappers on it. They start putting Wu Tang on R and B songs and stuff like that. <laughs> so that's where it kind of start blending in a little bit. Every R and B single had to have a rap verse on it, man. Yeah, like everyone, <laughs> everyone. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, old school rap like make him say, "Oh yeah, man, Master P was ruling that era as well." Uh, Matt Wine Chemist also says she misses pop rock. I do. I miss rock and roll, period, man. Like, even like, like the Green the Day white type stuff. Rock and roll. Like, Green Day. Yeah. Fuck, I fuck it. I fuck with corn, man. Shit like that. <laughs> like, mm. I like that kind of music, man. Like, it's good gym music, that hard rock shit. Yeah. And I kind of miss that, man. There, there's not I, no rock bands no more. Really. Yeah. I couldn't get uh, into that's one thing I couldn't, I couldn't get into the 90s rock as much. 
like the Green Days and stuff like that, the stuff in the early 2000s. I do like classic rock, though. Like, I'm a big fan of um, Led Zeppelin. I like the Stones. I, I, I do like classic rock, though. Yeah. But I, I could get it to Green Day like that, man, or the Linkin Park shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, Lincoln Park has some songs, man. But that crawl, that crawl on my skin, shit was too much for me, man. <laughs> some of it was too emo for me. But uh, I, I do, I did like some of that era, man. It, it was yeah. nice to even have like the rock. Yeah, yeah it got, like but I like Nirvana as well. Yeah, there, yeah, so. me too. I do appreciate like whenever it come on, it's like, dang, man. Like, what's the new rock music today now? Nothing, is it trippy man. red or some shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> is he the new? Cardi. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what's the new rock music now? I get. I guess what MGK is doing right now is kind of what it was back in the two thousands. Yeah. But I don't think it's like a movement out there where you turn on the radio and it's every other song, <laughs> a, a song like that. Um, you mentioned Arctic Monkey. Monkey, who was that? Is that a band? Let me look that I up. Think Arctic th- Monkey. I think that's a pop rock band, I want to oh, say. Okay. I've heard of them, I think. But yeah, I me too. I don't know if they, yeah, I'm about to say, is that classic rock? <laughs> um, No, nah, they're more recent. Recent, like. okay. Yeah, early 2000s. Okay. Like, but, uh, yeah, I'll check that out. But yeah, man, this uh, I know this is an old man on the porch reminiscing about the old yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't front no more, man. Like, Music is ass now, dog. Like I can't whole like mainstream music is just ass. When was the last album we was like, yeah, yeah, like this is a great album from front to back type thing. Like was it the Drake? Instantly knew it was a classic. Oh, classic. Oh, that's a different story. (laughs) I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say the last album that was just good. I would say probably the last Drake, the Drake and Twenty One Savage. Where I yeah. didn't really like, I ain't saying it's a classic, but it was something where I could like, okay, I could go back to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's a low bar. <laughs> I, I can't remember the last time. Uh, la- the last uh, classic. album I actually, the last album I actually wanted to play the whole album all the way through multiple times was probably Pusha T Daytona. Mm. That's like the last time I can really remember a whole album. I want to listen back and back through the. Beginning to end, yeah, over and over again. Yep. Anything since then, I don't know, man. Yeah. Derek says Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I love Rage Against the Machine, man. I was a big fan of theirs back in the day as well. Yeah, Creed, Creed Nirvana, all badass. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as far as like whole albums, like every album got a few songs I like. Yeah. But as far as like a whole album being fire, the last one I could think of was Pusha T Daytona. Mm. that's the last one I could think of for me, man. Everything else is just, I like a few songs here and there, but I don't really go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough, man. Uh, speaking, speaking of the old school music though, I, when I was in Cleveland, I was hanging with my dad and uncle and we were just listening to, uh, old school music. And when I tell you, my dad gave the hottest take I heard in a long time on, on music. Uh-huh. So, uh, so my uncle, uh, shout out to my uncle Rob. He's a huge Prince, and uh, he's a huge Prince fan. So we was talking about Prince and all that stuff. And then when he left, he's just like, "Man, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I couldn't stand Prince. I only like a couple songs from Prince." I'm like, "Really?" 
I'm like, he lived through that time. And he said, man, I only like like two or three songs for Prince. Yeah. And then he said, you know, and then he was like, you know who else I ain't care for? Man, I couldn't stand Rick James. Like, Damn. I ain't like, no, I'm like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But it makes sense for him from his point because he wasn't really a big fan of the 80s like that. The 80s music. He was more of the, you know, late 60s, uh, 70s. He like, you know, he a big James Brown fan. Uh, he likes stuff like that. So I, 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 I understood where he was coming from, but he was not a big fan. Of, uh, he ain't like, I don't think he liked Rick James at all. But um, Prince, he, he, only, he said he only liked three songs from Prince. I'm like, damn, that's, that damn, that's shocking. I'm like, what? <laughs> now, to be fair, I think, you know, there is some revision going on with Prince. I think we appreciate his music more now, especially now that he's gone. Um, and I think his music has aged well. But I think Prince was, number one, he was a lot more experimental in his music. Yeah. To where, like, if you're a fan of, like, funk at that time, he was doing, like, funk, rock, and roll. He was switching genres all the time. And his music was way more experimental. I think Prince has a huge female fan base. Women loved him. My yeah. mother loved him. Yeah. Uh, my dad, I don't think, was a big fan of his, really. And I think a lot of men, I, well, I know a lot of men at that time, especially black men, that Prince was just a fucking weirdo, man. Yeah. Like the clothes he wore, the falsettos he was hitting. Yeah. Like they they thought he was that, weird. That's man. that's why it's kind of funny when people be trying to say y'all talk about these young kids, but y'all wasn't saying nothing about Prince. Like, yeah, I think a lot of people was saying stuff yes. about Prince and what he was wearing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think people turned the other cheek. <laughs> I don't think people turned the other way and not said nothing. Dog, they they called him gay. They called him the f word. They called him all yes. that. Man, I remember, dog. Every comedian had like a Prince's gay joke. <laughs> yes, okay? niggas act like they don't. They're talking about his clothes, wearing blouses and all that stuff. Yeah. Dave Chappelle clowned him on on yes. the Chappelle show. <laughs> he wasn't the first one to do that. <laughs> but yeah. everybody always act like, oh, no, y'all never say anything about Prince. I'm like, uh, yes, they have. Yes, they did, man. yes. Yes, they, they definitely went after <laughs> yeah. Prince. What, man, yeah, what separated him from other people was he was actually getting a lot of women. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a lot, he was doing a lot of stuff for women. So, I mean, I don't know what he did in the bedroom, but. He had a lot of women fans. Yeah. No, women love him. Still to this day, like the biggest Prince fans are like the older women now. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was definitely that sentiment as well. So I could see somebody being like, I wasn't a fan of Prince. Yeah. Like somebody like 50 years old plus and was around at that time. I could see them saying I wasn't a fan of Prince. Because a lot of, uh, he wasn't for everybody, man. He wasn't for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Mag Wine Chemist says my aunt was the biggest Prince fan. Yeah, I can see it, man. I, a mm-hmm. lot of women, older women, love Prince, man. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's a hot take to say that somebody wasn't a fan. <laughs> I, of Prince I was, I was a little more offended about him not liking Rick, Rick James. Rick James thing is kind of wild. I was like, <laughs> I thought everybody loved fuck with Rick James. Me too. But, but another thing about my dad too, he's not really the like he don't really like the slow lovey dovey songs. If that makes sense. Now, now I know that it was some he he liked some up tempo stuff, but 
like Rick James had a lot of love songs with you know Tina Marie and all that stuff. So I guess maybe he didn't like that part of it. But I thought we talked about it. I want to say last week. How Rick James was a, a amazing writer, <laughs> and uh, how he wrote uh, Eddie Murphy hit. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I was shocked that I was more shocked at that than the Prince. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild, man. I haven't heard of people not fucking with Rick James at all. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. That's that's kind of strange. Yeah. But uh, the Prince thing, I could kind of see, man. Because, like, older black men just thought he was gay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is where it is. Yeah. But looking back, I think he's gotten a lot more love, and he deserves it. Yeah. Um, Other things that happened this week, this past week. Oh, yeah, I saw people were mad at uh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones has been um, making some controversial comments lately. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he said he doesn't think Pusha T should be on the greatest 50 greatest rappers list. And he named people like NBA Youngboy. Yeah. <laughs> who should be above him or in J. Cole and all that who are better than him. <laughs> J. Cole, I could see. NBA Youngboy, man, come on now. <laughs> there is like there is this influx of old people who are acting like these new rappers are some of the goats. Yeah. And I feel like they're doing that just to act like they cool, man. Cause Gilly and Wallow do it too. Yeah. They say we don't play no old rap. We only play the new kid. We only play the new rap. It's like how are you forty years old listening to fucking NBA Youngboy, man? <laughs> Okay, you cannot tell me this shit. Let's play the clip. I want to hear exactly what uh, Capo has to say about this. Defend yourself, Capo. Pusha T's the only artist on this Somebody billboard list. I you say you can't hear it? No, I can't. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. But yeah, it's a disgusting trend of these older rappers acting like they uh, only fuck with Lil Durk and NBA Youngboy and whoever hot hood rapper right now. Yeah, it's like you, you you can't tell me this is all you listen to. D, uh, Tab says DJ Envy too. Yeah, y'all acting like y'all y'all ride around bumping Lil Uzi Vert, man, in your yeah. old age. Come on, dog. Yeah, all right. Let me know if you hear this. Pusha T's the only yeah, artist on this Billboard list. I feel like shouldn't be on here. Shouldn't. Yeah. You don't think Pusha T should be on the greatest fifty rappers of all time list? Wow. Oh. What has he what? done? What has he done that puts him in the greatest rappers of all time? Besides talk about that he probably didn't get. <laughs> wow! All, all by his side. He's I, nice. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's nice as. He can rap his ass. He can rap his ass of what? What has he done? Nobody has dressed like yeah. him. Nobody wants to be like mm -hmm. Pusha T. No, I don't remember nothing. I, mm -hmm. And let's not be evil. But we don't talk about rap where that's popping the and gonna be like. I don't know too many. In this game, that was leaning towards being like Pusha T. Fifty? You were you won't put uh, no like like no uh, career wise like he's been a member of the Clips. He's been a part of Kanye's entourage. He has no solo classic songs himself. He's been a part of classic. Yeah, been a part first of, of it. Lord been a willing, part of it. been a part of it. Then put malice on there too. What are we talking yeah, about? Exactly. Oh my God! This now Pusha T don't hold no weight out here. They, not, they told not him, bro. No out here, I will put big. I will put oh, big Sean before God. I put. 
Big Sean before Pusha T. Easily. But Jim Jones is on it before Pusha T. You're, but I'm saying, you can put whoever you want ahead of him. You're saying he's not? Cameron before Pusha, Pusha T. Easily. Bro, you go in these clubs, I don't know no records they play in the club with or Pusha T. They, they don't play outside. Regardless of all that, regardless of all that, Pusha's not in y'all's top 50. Maybe one classic song that Pusha T put out by himself. Like, he's in a rap group with his brother. You think that that just negates him because he's a part of a group? NBA, NBA Young Boy. NBA Young Boy before Pushing T. That's wild, Jim. That's NBA Young Boy before Pushing T? That's crazy. What are you. <laughs> what? Nah, Jim just trying to get everybody mad. Push Pushing T around Jim, out here. You heard? Jim trying to get everybody mad. That Jim, Jim's. <laughs> look, at, look at him. Look at him. <laughs> But that's what I'm trying. That's how I feel about Pusha T being on the top 50. I'm not saying he don't get busy. Not saying he don't got platinum records. Not saying he's not part of good music. Not saying he's not part of all of these things. Boom, boom, but boom. he's not the leader out his bunch. Yeah, rap, rap discussion is just gone. Down, it's getting, right? yeah, it's getting ridiculous, like, man. Like I'm, I, I'm, I, go ahead, go I ahead. oh, I had a problem with them. First of all, saying uh, what what has he done solo? Because we last time I checked, we put Andre three thousand up <laughs> in the yep. greatest. Yep. And let's be real, I know Love Below was his solo project, but that was still an Outcast project. That yep. wasn't a strictly Andre three thousand pro. It was tight. It was Outcast double this. So I I just don't understand why they. I, I hate when people try to neglect the the group effort he put in. Like, oh, yeah, like, take that away. What he did solo. Like, dog, he's a rapper, man. Like, look at, just look at all of his body of work, man. That, like, I, I had a problem with that. And uh, I'm going to let you go ahead, too, because I got, I kind of got a theory why Drake is, I mean, not Drake, but uh, Jim Jones is kind of doing this a little bit. He's trying to suck up to Drake. Look, man, Drake, <laughs> what did Drake, who did Drake bring out last time he was in New York? Good point. Good point. And this is this is kind of to what I be saying about Drake, how he's a genius. Because he, like, look, Drake never been the guy that talked shit about old rappers. Mm -hmm. He never been the guy that would say, oh, no, you old washed up. What he do, he he shout him out on songs. He would name a song after them. Um, he would bring them out on stage and, you know, honor them, which I I like. I like that he do that. A lot of people thought it was corny. I actually like that he do that. But him doing that makes other people not really criticize him. So Dipset, they, like, Dipset probably w w won't ever criticize Drake or bring up Pusha T in a, 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 a good way because they got Drake on the, on their side now and they probably want a Drake feature in the future. So I think, I think him kind of doing that. I'm not saying he, you know, doing this because of the beef, but I feel like that's, I feel like that's kind of part of it a little bit that if, if Drake never, if Drake never acknowledged Dipset at all, I don't think he'd be having the same type of energy. I think, I think this is a little bit sucking up to Drake a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it uh, above um, Jim Jones to do some shit like that. Because um, he still thinks he's relevant in music. You know, despite the last memory we have of him being washed by the locks in, yeah. uh, in the versus <laughs> battle that now he wants to rematch on, which hopefully <laughs> does not happen because nobody wants to see that shit again. Yeah. 
but yeah, man, it's fucking like the rap discourse has just gotten so bad lately, man. It's just the arguments people use as to why somebody is top 50 or is not top 50 is just fucking annoying. The, oh, nobody wanted to dress like him. Nobody plays his music in the club. Nick, so Nick, the it's not a what, fucking man? fashion show, man. Like, do, do people, like, <laughs> what the, it, it's not a fashion show, number one. And number two, people don't play fucking Big Daddy Kane or rock him in the club either. Does that mean they're not? Top fifty rappers of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, um, Black Thought is not played. I, I don't think I ever heard a Black Thought song in the club. <laughs> now that I think about it, fucking ridiculous, I, man. Like, yeah. If you want to talk about the fifty best dress rappers, make that gay ass list, dog. Like, I don't <laughs> fucking care about how anybody who wants to dress like a rapper. I mean, if you want to talk about people who influenced the like fucking had a movement and were the hottest rappers at the time, Soldier Boy should be on that list then, man. Yeah. Like fucking he had a little mini era himself. <laughs> Lil John should be in there. They ran the fucking early two thousands, man. Like, yep. what are we doing here with this bullshit criteria <laughs> they make for a top fifty rapper, man? Yeah. Jim Jones should be ahead of Pusha T. What the fuck? Come <laughs> on, man. Yeah. Like the, the arguments that people use are just it's so it's, annoying. It's, an, it's annoying. It's lazy. Like you sitting there saying, "Oh, um, he was in a group, so Malice should be on it." No, this dude, like, he showed out with Malice, man, and he mo- and eventually moved on from Clips and was still showing out. Pusha T, like, say what you want, his projects are still anticipated. Whenever he dropped, mm-hmm. it's still anticipated. Where that's a stop and let me go listen to this. Like I, I just, I just don't get that, man. I just don't understand how you can fix your lips. And, and I know Jim was probably joking when he said NBA, NBA young boy, but come on, man. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, so I, like, he can't be top fifty. Like, I wish we could look up this top fifty list and 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 name everybody who's better. Like, come on, man. That that's ridiculous. No, the nigga want to say NBA young boy, dog. Come on, man. Cameron, I understand if you sixteen years old. Cameron, I can you can make an argument for it because, but pre Dipset era, he was very lyrical. Yeah, and you could say he had some classic albums with SDE and all that. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Come on, man, to argue that some of these people should be above Big Sean because Big Sean really. <laughs> What name the classic song? Who wanted to be like Big Sean? Exactly, dog. (laughs) His arguments made no sense. And Matt Wine Kimmins had a good point. She said, Jimmy is a shit starter now, is how he stays relevant. I can't stand that strategy of marketing. Yeah, there's some old rappers who just stay relevant by hating on everything, man. And saying so and so, this great Melly Mel been doing that recently too, which has been yeah. disgusting. Even shitting on Jay Z, was it everybody? Yes, man. Nas, <laughs> Eminem. He said Eminem wouldn't be shit if he was black. He said a bunch of wild stuff about some lit-headed <laughs> rappers, man. It's like, yeah, it's getting it's getting annoying, dog. It's uh, this old old school rappers trying to hate on the the these lists that yeah. come out yeah. and hate on whoever is a legendary rapper for being too rated too high or whatever is wild we see jay on twitch what's going on jay uh we're doing well over here man he says wale better be above pushing now you tripping too, <laughs> wale 
Wale. Hey, hey we. I hope you misspelled somebody else's name. You weren't <laughs> talking about Wale the rapper. <laughs> like, hey, hey, we gotta be honest, man. We gotta look at the, each of their catalogs. I don't think uh, Wale, Wale catalog. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I, I've never felt like listening to a Wale song in my life, dog. <laughs> like maybe one came on, I'm like, it's not that bad. But I've never been like, let me see what Wale cooking up. You know, you know, <laughs> like, I've never felt like and, that. And we talked, we talked about this on the podcast. Well, I talked about this on the podcast. I always thought Wale was a good rapper. Like I, I could never fix my lips to say he's trash. But mm-hmm. I could never get into Wale, man. Like I just didn't see what other people see. Like to me, his song. I just, I guess, I didn't like his style. And um, and then I think one of my biggest gripes on Wale was. At the time, he was just all over the place. Yeah. One minute he he kind of be um, poetic, and then another minute he rapping about six hundred bins, and you know, kind of Maybach music type thing, which it was cool. But like, I don't know. I just didn't grav- gravitate to Wale as much, man. And um, Jay mentioned the Ambition album. I that's the one album I probably like. I don't know if everybody. I don't. I don't know as far as the. Um, the Wale stands is that if that's the best album or project, but um, what's the the album about nothing that everybody always talk about? Yeah, I couldn't yeah. really get into it, man. I know it was a big deal because Seinfeld was on it, but um, I just wasn't into it, man. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just I just wasn't into it. And Wale, I think he he got to a point where he was. You could tell you could tell when artists listening to criticism. Yeah. Where he kind of get a little too emotional and then he tried to do something that everybody else want him to do. And it's like, uh, like, why are you trying to do what everybody else like? Why are you trying to please everybody? Just be yourself at this point. So I kind of got a little irritated about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never been a fan of his, man. Like, um, uh, like uh, I agree with you, he's not a bad rapper. He kind of reminds me of like a J Cole type. Like he's not a bad rapper, but uh, he's just he he comes across as very average to me. Like he has some uh, he 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 has some songs, but I could just never get into his anything he put out really. Yeah, and his persona don't help, man. His persona, he's very like a whiny person on social media. He's whined a lot about everything. It is his sales numbers the the whatever like he's always whining on social media and that that didn't help as well but musically i guess just never really get into yeah it, like to me like have you ever had an artist that you didn't really care for but their radio songs was like all right this radio song cool like it's something i'm not just gonna say turn this bullshit off but yeah. like he had the song like some of the smooth smoother r&b songs where i'm just like okay that's not a bad song I, like it's cool but not enough, not cool enough for me to buy this album, and you know, even some of the albums I did check out from him, I just wasn't really into it like that, man. Yeah. Jay said he was just thinking about the most mid rapper he can name because he don't like Pusha T. Okay, you don't like Pusha T. We get the point, man. <laughs> but uh, Wale should not be above no Pusha T on no damn list. <laughs> and uh, Derek don't even know how these rappers are named. He said Wale is Wale W A L E. Wale with a little accent mark on it. Yeah, and he made it clear before, not well. <laughs> Wale. <laughs> yeah, 
And uh, Matt Wine Kenneth says the Eminem arg- argument is always about his race. They never talk about the flow or how many careers his battles have ended. Um, yeah, I agree, man. It's like, look, I used to be the chief Eminem <laughs> hater of this podcast, but I feel like people have really gone overboard and, and over over exaggerated uh, uh, his his impact or over exaggerated how. how Thinking he's ass, basically. Yeah, you know where you know, it started from. It started from Gucci Mane. <laughs> it's, it, it didn't just start there, but I think it it, it picked that's up where that's him. where it was like like Eminem Trey. You listening to Eminem? <laughs> you sliding around with your old lady listening to Eminem? <laughs> I got to get that drop too. Let me write that down. Yeah, I got to get, get that, that as a drop. Every time Eminem comes up, uh, <laughs> you just but, sliding around listening Eminem with you, you and your old lady. Just metaphors. Just just metaphors, just, just metaphors huh? <laughs> <laughs> just going in and it's like i'm getting sick of people acting like black folks never fuck with eminem man okay stop the cap dog he has classic albums man he was at one point a great rapper okay yeah. and, and he made great songs and should he be top five he ain't in my top five but i'm not mad at somebody for putting them in his top 10 okay yeah. like he he's earned a spot he's sold the most if you want to go sales nobody sold more than him in rap okay he's had and he's been strictly hip-hop man he never fucking crossed over he never tried to do a rock album he never did no bullshit he's kept it strictly hip-hop and people are going overboard trying to shit on him and discredit him and his place now he it, now he did go a little he kind of crossed over a little bit to the pop route towards the he end. He did go pop, but I With, mean everybody yeah, tries to get a fucking think, Rihanna feature and shit. Yeah, so but see no he different. now he did try he did go a little overboard with it. It kind of got repetitive because he did the uh I think he had like three Rihanna songs, I want to say. And I want to say specifically the I want to say the second to last album he did. What's the one album he got the most criticism from? We had that Beyonce song. Remember that Beyonce song he yeah. had? Where it was just like, nah, this ain't he he came out that with the single. I think he was using the same game plan as the Rihanna features. Yeah. And then work, but still, I still wouldn't credit, I still wouldn't bash him for that. You know what I mean? Because he's in a different place. He's older now. He's not making the I wanna kill you type of song. Mm-hmm. So I I wasn't even mad at him for that. That's just what my cup of tea. But it was like it took him a long time to get to that point. <laughs> this was this is like ten years in the game at this point. So nah, he I mean he he ain't pulled an MGK where he just kind of uh, left hip hop totally and just went straight rock music. He, he always kept it hip hop, and even with those songs, he was still rapping on there. So he, he, he yeah, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't. People have gone like in this performative pro-blackness era people are in right now they don't want to give any credit to a white rapper and it's yeah. like come on that's man. the one right white rapper you i mean outside of paul wall that's the one white rapper you should <laughs> get credit to man <laughs> it's like people have gone overboard like what what has he done he put his black friends on when he got famous he made them famous as well like he put on black rappers from detroit like he's it ain't like he got on it and brought a bunch of white rappers with him. He wasn't like a culture <laughs> vulture where he just turned his exactly. back on hip hop. He brought on like Obi Trice, who was dope. Yeah. He brought on 50 Cent kind of eventually. Like all these people, his 
D12, everybody he grew up with, like he put them on, man. Yeah. So like there's a lot you can say about him and his the quality of music is not the same, of course, but people have gone really above and beyond trying to shit on him to prove like, oh, I've never listened to Eminem. I don't yeah. fuck with that shit. Snoop yeah. Dogg. Yeah, come on. Man. Yeah, dog. Y'all was, was in the same camp, dick. bro. Y'all yeah. was in the same camp. <laughs> he was writing for your man, dog. Like, he was writing for y'all. And now y'all want to go and shit on him because, like, it's a popular thing to do. I'm, yeah. It's annoying, dog. Yeah. I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, I think Recovery was one of the one of the albums people shitted on from Eminem. But, yeah, um, that was you know what recovery was actually a, a okay album because I think I had that album. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the best. It was more cleaned up Eminem, but I want to say what was that last freaking album? Um, man, I can't. She uh, she had the, I know he, it was a it was the album where he had Beyonce on it. It was called Walk on Water, mm-hmm. and it was whatever album that was was uh not good remember he ended up re- making another album <laughs> right after that i want to yes. say like a month later so whatever that album was i felt like that got the most criticism because people people was actually sitting on it and he did what i hate that rappers do just re- respond to the critics and he released another one which was better but uh i forgot the name of that damn album yeah, I think Kamikaze was the one he dropped afterwards, but I can't remember the name of the other one. But I know what you're talking about, man. So, yeah, yeah I think uh, people went too far with the Eminem hate. It's, it's getting a little corny, man. This dude don't be bothering nobody. So to bring his name up to, like, just, just shit on anything he's done or, or saying he wouldn't yeah. be so, as good if he was black. So it was, it was like, Revival. It was, that uh, that yeah, album, yeah, I remember that revival. That yeah, right. revival, and then he yeah. released Kamikaze after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a little annoying, man. It's getting yeah. a little annoying. Yeah, it's just like, come on, man. Like, look, man. I, look, he good in my book. <laughs> <laughs> he good in my book. Uh, Matt Wine Kenneth said we we blasted recovery on the flight line in Afghanistan. It was our anthem. Yeah, yeah, man. I actually like, like that album too because I was still this back when we still had CDs and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had sounds in the car. I was actually playing Revival in my car. So recovery, um, right? Uh, re- recovery. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, recovery. But um, I, I think that was probably the last album I actually liked from Eminem. Honestly, I always say the Eminem show was the, the last best album, but recovery was the one i actually like i might have to go back and see how how it aged right now <laughs> yeah yeah might need to man but yeah like i said all the all the uh people have gone overboard with this hate man they got to give it a rest okay we get it <laughs> Derek says my opinions sound real good yeah man. okay okay <laughs> <laughs> you probably gonna hate me in a couple minutes so I know. Hold on to that. i'll be switching up but uh i appreciate that man um so other things that happened this week, man. Uh, so Chloe Bailey, we can talk about this now. Chloe Bailey released, I guess, her debut album. Finally came out. I don't know what it's called. Y'all can look it up. <laughs> Clearly, we <laughs> um, don't care. <laughs> yeah, and apparently nobody else did because it debuted at a uh, number one nineteen on the Billboard Top Two Hundred, which is far lower than people would expect. People have brought up that she is signed to Beyonce, and people are upset about that. I know uh, people on Twitter have been, 
you know, asking why didn't Beyonce help promote this album? I think DJ Envy had a few words as well. He was on The Breakfast Club and he said, I do feel if you're signed to somebody's record label or are in business with somebody, that's part of what you expect. That's why I'm signing to you. I'm signing to you because I'm hoping to get a Beyonce verse. I'm signing to you because I'm hoping to get some of your fans. I'm signing to you so I can get some of your knowledge and wisdom and your promo. And Charlemagne uh, kind of countered that. He said, uh, I think Beyonce should post because that's her artist, but Beyonce isn't obligated to post. If Beyonce's post is going to make y'all buy the album, great. But the reality is, if you didn't know Chloe's album is out, you know now, so go buy her album. Um, yeah, man. So people are, are have some uh, some theories as to why Chloe has been flopping. You know, it seems like the industry is trying to push her pretty heavily. Um, she's been in some very risque outfits. Uh, she had a sex scene on the TV show recently. Like she's been uh, uh, doing a whole lot trying to, and people say she's doing too much, whatever the theory is. Um, people were, um, I guess, kind of confused about her collaboration with Chris Brown. I did see some of her fans upset with that. Yeah, I think that turned people off as well. She had a song with Future as well that came out that I don't think did all that great. Um, and so, yeah, people are trying to, uh, I guess there are some theories out as to why Chloe is flopping and why Beyonce is not helping her or if Beyonce it should help her. Yeah. And I know Chloe is also on tour. I think she threw up some of the, like, the criticisms that have gone on and she put them on the screen with her tour and like people saying like a wiser ass always out. Why is she being fake sexy? All this stuff. So you can tell she's reading the comments. Yeah. <laughs> and she knows what's being said about her. But uh, yeah, very interesting. So think, what do you think about this, man? Why do you think uh, Chloe is struggling to sell and do you think Beyonce should be doing more to help her out? I think I think the number one reason why she's having a hard time right now is I don't think it's genuine. Like to me, nothing about her seems genuine. And this is no disrespect, but let's look at her timeline. Look where she started, man. She was in a group with her sister on a Disney channel. They won some type of contest and they were, you know, artists signed to a Disney label i guess so they were you know they were disney they were disney they were, they were you know kind of polished they were um very covered up they were disney stars and seemed like all of a sudden it's to me it seemed like they just flipped a switch and she was doing the busted challenge remember she yeah. was just up and doing the busted challenge She's dressing a little more set. She's doing a little uh, tease post, uh, posting, uh, posting. And it's like, I don't like, is this even genuine? <laughs> it To me, it just seemed like the record label said, hey, we need you to be a little more raunchy. We need you to, you know, post a little more. Let's do a song with Gunna and make it look like y'all talk. And it, to me, it just got industry written all over it, written all over it. So... I think, look, man, like, fans is born on a Friday, but not last Friday. We not stupid. We we kind of know what's genuine and what's not. It's a reason why a lot of fans are connected to somebody like a Glorilla 
over somebody like a Chloe Bailey who got a huge label behind her pushing her. So I think I think the number one answer is uh, it's not genuine, man. People not really buying it. Like, yeah, so, uh, some people might feel like the music is good, but we, you know, me, me and you talked about this a lot. We like to feel where the artist is coming from. We we like, you know, we we like to feel the genuine ish. I guess. Yeah. We like to feel the realness. And I don't really see that with her, man. To me, it seemed like like even the set scene. She wasn't even the whole. She wasn't even the, in the whole damn show. She was in there for for an episode. <laughs> and that and that got the most promo. I ain't hear nothing else about that damn show outside of that scene. And and to me, it's and it's like oh, uh, Chloe, she in the raunchy scene and all this other stuff. And it's like, come on, man. It don't seem legit at all. So that's, I think that's the number one reason for why she probably sold, what, uh, what 20,000 records the first week or whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But as far as Beyonce uh, promoting her, I mean, I don't, look, maybe, yeah, maybe she could have posted it a little bit, but I don't think she, I don't think, I don't know if that would have helped anyway. That probably wouldn't have helped. And I think Beyonce kind of still look when you sign to when you when you sign to another artist, an artist gonna look out for them before they look out for you. So you know, yeah, Chloe on a way lower level, so it ain't gonna affect Beyonce at all. But all this pushing and all this promotion ain't <laughs> ain't ain't enough. So now, so so a Beyonce post is what you need to get over the top. I just don't think that's how it worked, man. I think, like I said, go back to my first point. I think we ain't fooled, man. We we see the fakeness. And I think she just need to be herself. I don't know what, I don't even know what Chloe is. We can see a lot of people who they are. You can tell some people kind of, you know, more in the background. We see it with Kendrick. We can tell Kendrick is not like a party person. He more low-key. He, you know, he do his shit and then he get ghost. We can kind of see that and understand that. What can you tell me about Chloe Bailey? Like, is she a freak? Is she just a person that's real sexual? Is she quiet? Like, I don't know anything about Chloe Bailey. And, you know, this could all be a front. So I think, I think that's the number one reason why she sold that many records. And I don't think a Beyonce, I don't think a Beyonce post is going to help. Now, should she do it? Sure, I guess. I don't know, but I don't think that's her. That's her. That should be her responsibility, unless it's in a contract or something. Because you know, just getting that opportunity should be a blessing, where you have a label backing you up and you know giving you this promotion and all the other stuff. But like I said, I just don't think. I think people. I think we all see the fakeness in it, man. It it look, it look very industry ish. Yeah, I think her biggest problem is she just don't have a hit, man. Like, <laughs> I think there's plenty of fake people in the industry. Plenty of people acting street when they not. Plenty of people acting sexy when they really ain't got that in energy. I think her biggest problem is she just ain't got a hit that popped, you know. And I don't know whose fault that is. 
maybe her management, maybe her, she's just not seeking the right sound. Some of her career moves have been confusing. And, and here's the thing, like everybody who grows up as a child star, like on some Disney Channel type shit, they always go this route eventually, mm-hmm. okay? They get to the age where they don't want to be seen as like the kitty star. They want to separate themselves. They want to go grown and sexy. Um, um, out here, I'm sexual. I'm more vulgar, and I'm cussing in my songs now. They want to shed that image of the Disney star. You know, er- Molly Cyrus did it. Ariana Grande did it. Like everybody who who grew up in that era, who was an artist, wants to shed that when they get in their twenties, man. So that's just how it goes. But I, I do think her, like, basically it seems like she's trying to get rid of her old fan base for a new one. But I don't think her, this new fan base is going to fuck with her like that. Like the Chris Brown thing is just confusing, man. Like, I feel like a lot of her fans just did not fuck with that at all, you know, and things like a future feature, like a future feature would have popped in, in 2013, you know, something like that. But yeah. I don't think he's the the hit maker. He can sell on his own. Yeah. But a future feature in a future feature and 2023 is not what it was five, six years ago, man. Like yeah. it's not gonna top the charts for you, dog. So Yeah. And two, I think if you look at the whole Chris Brown feature, look who she signed to. She signed to yeah. Beyonce. Who who is Beyonce married to? Jay-Z. Who is Jay-Z always bragged about? Yeah. Beyonce, Kanye, and Rihanna. And we always thought Chris Brown had some type of, uh, I guess, not issue, but it was some type of, uh, what you call it? Not um, like a, I guess, not blockage, but. Like a black ball? Like a black ball when it comes to, you know, rock nation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of Beyonce fans are probably, you know, connected to all that too. So I just don't see them, you know, rocking with a Chris Brown feature like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Chris Brown fans are going to like Chloe like that, man. Like they're just not going to gravitate to her music. So it seems like she's trying to cultivate a new audience, but that new audience just, it isn't there for her now, man. I feel like she don't have to be 100% kitty, but it seems like she just went to the extreme to try to get, like, the the uh, the Chris Brown future-type crowd, you know? And I just don't think that crowd is there for her or that market is open for her right now. But um, ultimately, man, like, the hits will determine everything. If she could get a hit, she could blow up. And she would sell a lot more. She just hasn't found that yet, man. And she's tried everything, it seems, you know. She's tried the niggas ain't shit anthem. She's tried the lovey-dovey fucking I need me a man songs. Like, she's tried everything an R&B artist can in this day and age. Yeah. And it just hasn't worked for her, man. She hasn't found anything catchy yet. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. yeah it, I think, like I said, I think people just kind of on to it now. Where it's just like this, you know, it don't even look genuine at all. So I think people don't gravitate to that. And like you mentioned earlier, yeah, it's a lot of fake people in the industry. 
that's fake gangster and all that stuff, but at least it come off believable. <laughs> like I mean, some does Drake come off believable, man. He don't, but he, he started. He don't, but we, he had the music though, man. He had the exactly, hits, which is my point. He has some really good music. Everything. Yeah, he he had the music, but he also had some gangsters behind him too. So you couldn't really like people that tried to call him out. It it didn't really, you know, it didn't really do anything. Know what I mean, so like that's why, like that's why I mentioned earlier, he a genius for bringing, you know. Showing homage to, um, paying homage to like a dip set and, you know, paying homage to all of these people where they can't even talk shit about them because they showed, he showed them love when nobody else did. <laughs> he did, you know, what a lot of rappers today don't do. So I think he kind of playing, you know, chess, not checkers when it comes to that. So, you know, you ain't going to get a lot of people, you know, especially in the industry shitting on Drake. Because he kind of got, you know, like a chokehold on everybody. But, like I said, it's it's a lot of people that, you know, kind of had that image of, damn, he, you know, he a gangster. And we find out later that he might not be gangster. You know, Rick Ross. I think Rick Ross had that image of being a boss. And, you know, the correction, the correctional officer thing came out. And that kind of hurt him a little bit, but. He still, you know, he was he still made the music and he was still kind of doing his thing. But I just think, you know, out the gate, Chloe didn't come out like that. I think I think I feel like people call bullshit as soon as it came out. And I don't think honestly, like I listen to summer music, I don't think it was that bad where I'm just like, nah, this ain't it. But I just felt like people not connecting with Chloe. And I think the major part is them connecting with the actual person over the music. <laughs> because when you could connect with the music, you could kind of do no wrong because a lot of people, for some reason, connect with Cardi B. And, you know, connecting with Cardi B kind of make you want to connect with the music. <laughs> and that's the same Cardi thing. Cardi B had a hit out the gate, man. Yeah, she had like, a hit, but, yellow was there but she also had personality, too. Yeah, she had no, personality on love and hip hop and stuff, and you know you kind of know the backstory or where she started and all that, which made you kind of love Cardi B. It, it it was genuine, right? It seemed like it was genuine. I just don't see anything genuine about Chloe right now, and that and that's kind of my that's kind of my whole point. Even even the Glorilla man, like that. That song came out of nowhere. You have you seen that video recently <laughs> of that <laughs> that fuck nigga free video? Uh, like maybe bits and pieces. Like that. Like she looked rough in that video, <laughs> and that song took off nowhere. Uh, that, that that song took off out of nowhere, and right after that, man, she got her veneers. <laughs> she glossed up on everybody, and you know people kind of relate to her because she kind of hood and and ghetto. And, you know, you can say what you want about the songs, but, you know, people kind of relate to that type of deal. And it seemed, to me, it seemed genuine. I don't think, I don't think it was like an industry plant where somebody said, hey, act like this. I think she was really <laughs> twerking on the headlights with her ratchet ass friends. But, I, like I said, I just don't see it with Chloe right now, man. It's, it, to me, it, it really don't seem believe, uh, believable. And it kind of sucked because it shouldn't be like that. 
You should. I mean, if the music is good, you should like. You should su- support the music. But the way our minds is, we you know we want to believe the person, uh, what they doing with the music and how they are, before we actually support the music. I think it's the other way around, man. Like I get your point. I think that has to do with it. Like, and I said it from the beginning. The whole thing is it sounds fake from her. The se- the fake sexy thing. She looks like a a. a uh, uh, somebody who's being sex trafficked, you know, like she looks like a hostage sometimes, man. <laughs> but um, I think the hits dictate everything, man. If she had a hit, people would buy into her. People would defend her. Like, look at Doja Cat, man. Doja Cat had the hit with the Moo song, the bitch on the cow shit. But she was out there before that. You know, she was uh, on a major label. She had a mainstream uh, debut album come out that didn't get any traction until that hit popped, you know? And then everything steamrolled from that. Chloe just don't have that, man. She don't, if she had a hit, people would give the program, man. Yeah, there there will be people who hate, there'll be people who call her fake still. But I think if she had a hit that was undeniable, people would give the program, man. But she she just don't have that. and, And that's why she's struggling. But she got a song with Chris Brown. I know we're not the biggest Chris Brown fans, but it seemed like everything Chris Brown touched kind of become a hit, man. <laughs> and it just didn't. Yeah. Has he has he had a hit since No Guidance? Let's be like an undeniable like, hit. I feel like no every guidance. I feel like every feature Chris Brown hop on is like people go to it. He he got a rabbit fan base, yeah. and I haven't really heard that Chris Brown and Chloe song that much. Like Chris Brown fan, you know, we did a show with, we did a podcast with Chris Brown fans. <laughs> and they usually run to whatever he put out. And I just, I just felt like this wasn't it, man. I felt, I feel like you can't really miss with a Chris Brown feature. Uh, I don't know about that, man. You I, think I if Chris Brown feature can flop? Yes. Like, like yeah. I said, man, he hasn't had a real hit since No Guidance. Let's be real, man. And that was how many years ago now? And he's dropped albums since then. When's the last time you had like a big Chris Brown hit that was just him or him in a feature? He's featured with a bunch of people now, you know? And yeah, you're right. He does have a rabbit fan base and they will support him no matter what. Yeah, I just think if you have a Chris Brown feature, you on the Beyonce label and... I mean, say what you want. You got a future feature. You get whatever she she can pretty much have whatever feature she want. Probably outside of Beyonce, mm-hmm. and that ain't working. <laughs> like none of that's working. It's not. It, it can't. It, just, like I the mean, song. But, like the songs ain't. Like are the songs really that awful? Where people just not interested in the song, or is it you? Look, man. <laughs> I, we're kind of. I'm the just. Same I'm thing. just. I'm just kind of asking. Because I like think, like of course if you have a hit people will you know latch on, mm-hmm. but if you got you know if you got this you know budget and you got all this promotion and all that stuff, and that ain't working because to be honest with all this promotion she got going on I would have thought she at least would have been in the fifty thousand first week or some somewhere around there, but you know like all of that. And she only got. Tw- I didn't think that would be worth twenty thousand for the first week or whatever, or whatever her um, uh, debut at one nineteen for the first week. I wouldn't. I rather would have just did the album solo at that point. 
I just I just thought somebody like a Chris Brown or a few or a future would have been, you know, a little more pelts on the wall where people would be a little interested. But it seemed like people not even int- don't even care about that. Yeah, I don't think their audience really meshed well either. You know, I don't think the Chloe fans and, and the Chris Brown fans are are in the same audience, man. So I think there's that as well. But like I said, it's just I think it's hit driven. We're a hit driven industry. And I think that just dictates everything. You can't force a hit. That's what labels have learned now. You can't force a hit. No matter how many times you put some shit in the commercial or whatever, if people don't vibe with it, it's not going to pop off. So I think she just needs to get a better team of songwriters, a better team of producers, and make something that she knows is going to be a hit or people know is going to be a hit and test it out, put it on the TikTok crowd, get some TikTok dancers to do a challenge for the bullshit or whatever they do now. And and you you got to craft a hit that way. But she just don't have that, man. And I think once she does, people will change their tune. Because, look, we're very flip-floppy like that as an audience. And once somebody has a hit song, suddenly they're the next big thing. I see some, this new New York drill rapper, this girl, <laughs> talking about how she don't say good morning to a nigga or whatever. That song's blowing up. And yeah. like it, it's just a it has to be a viral hit that pops off. Yeah. So, and and we'll see, see man. And see, that's that's kind of my issue too, because like like notice the viral hits that took off, like what's the the munch song? No uh Ice Spice. Ice Spice, yeah. I don't really care for that song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like me neither. I, I don't see it, but my point is the image, people looking at her. And just like, and probably well, looking the song at the is video. Catchy too, man. We can't knock that. The yeah, song is I, catchy. I, I know, but like when you look at Chloe and Chris, that Chris Brown, like I listened to that song. It's not a bad song. It just didn't work for some reason. Like I don't know why. Like it could be the fan base, like you said, but like I didn't listen to that song and say, "Ugh, <laughs> like this song is awful." Yeah. Like if it was any other artist that was on that song. Instead of Chloe, if it was somebody else in Chris Brown with that same exact song, I think it would I think it would make a big difference. I think it would make a huge difference. But like I said, man, I do think she probably needs some better songwriters. But I also think it's her, man. I think, like I said, I, I don't think people really buying the image like that, man. Like I think we're both saying the same thing, man. I think it's both. I, I just think one thing is more important. You think the other thing is more important. Yeah. But I think it's, it ultimately it's both. It's the image people got to buy into and it's the hits. Yeah. So they, those both have to work for you to blow up like that. Yeah. And then and she I, doesn't have any of that right now. Yeah. And I think my point is, I think a lot, we just seen a lot of bad songs blow up because of an image. Like what? Like we... Bad songs you, blow up because somebody's image. No, I mean just looking at how somebody is, and people like her the way she is, and like the Ice Spice. I don't think it's a good song. Like you can say it's catchy all you want, I just don't think that's a good song to me. And but I think I think she have a good image. I think she have a really good image where that kind of you know if somebody else made a song like that, I don't know if it would have worked. If it was just a regular girl that made that song, I don't know if it would have worked. I, I, like, like I said, I don't like the song either, <laughs> but I can, I can see why it's a hit. Number one is like a new slang word for people to use. 
Like, it has all the elements of a viral hit. And yes, her image does help as well. But I think I can see why the song is a hit, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mean it's not for me, but I yeah, can see why I, it was a hit. Like, I, I feel like we see a lot of people that kind of look a little weird, a little crazy, where we be like, what the fuck do we see in this person? Why, why do people like this person? And it's strictly the image. Why the fuck do we see Billie Eilish so much? And I couldn't even name a song from her. You like a lot guy. of people. Come on, everybody knows that. No, guy. but but every like Billie Eilish is out there not because of her music. People people saying, "Oh, Billie Eilish woke up today, breaking news." So I think I think it's more about the image. Like I know you probably don't think the image is that important, but no, I think I, a pe- I think a people. I to me, I think if you have a great image and a me- mediocre song, I think you could get by with that. I but it's man. it's a lot like, of people. I'm, it's a lot of this Chloe Chris Brown song is to me. I thought it was good. I don't think it was bad at all. But she can't get by with this. People say, eh. <laughs> people moved on from that. Like if people was really focused on just the music, I think the song would have probably been playing a little more than that. But I don't think that's the case with this. Eh, I just. <laughs> Dis, no, I think we're basically saying the same thing, like I said, but it's just, I don't think, the image is important. Yes, it's very important now. It's more important, arguably, than it's ever been in music right now, the image. You got to sell the image. But every person that blew up had a hit song that that went with their image. Look at 6 9 6 9 has a crazy image, but Gummo was a fucking hard song, man. Like, that shit would have blown up no matter what. So, so you think anybody? Let's say he didn't have the color hair and the color teeth and all that stuff. You think the song with the blue up high was, or was it the? Because what caught my eye with that song was this guy with rainbow hair and rainbow teeth. That's what. That's what caught. That's what caught my eye. I don't know if I would have felt the same about that song if or that video. There's there's always been some like weird looking rapper that look at ice JJ fish or something. Like like, there's some weird (laughs) rappers who have some bad songs. We just look from a, like, what the fuck is that? But gummo was a fucking hit song, man. That song is hard. I still play that song. No, I I agree. He's done. That song is fucking tough. I agree. And that's crazy. I agree. And I think we look at more uh, music than the image. Like, I don't care what you look like. You can look like JJ fish if the song is good the song is good but i just think uh like the majority of the audience don't really do that like like they should i think i don't care what you look like man you could be ugly as shit (laughs) if you make some dope songs you make some dope songs but i just feel like like look at the artist that's not really attractive that make really good music do you feel like they're super popular like that or or Maybe or people kind of just look past the ugliness or the non-attractiveness. I mean, I you gotta rank, rank like, think it's pretty. No, ugly, no, man. I'm just saying. Know. Like, let's let's be honest, man. The weekend is a big artist. I think the if the weekend looked like a um like name whatever attractive artist male artist that's out there, if he had that type of image, I think he would be even bigger. Like I just don't. I think I think like I said, the weekend is a, is a good artist. I just think his image is kind of you know it kind of kept him back a little bit. 
The weekend is like one of the biggest artists out, man. That's I don't what, see how I can really say that, dog. No, I like, think he, he no. Made the I'm, Super Bowl, man. I'm how saying, much bigger can you get but than I'm, that? But I'm saying he will be bigger than what he is now. How I how just, can he be much bigger than the weekend? A lot dog? of people. How many people knew what the weekend looked like until Super Bowl? We worked <laughs> around. We worked around here in this station. <laughs> Nobody knew what the weekend was until he played the actual song and he said, people, "Oh, this yeah, guy." Yes. It said, oh, this guy, oh, this is the guy. He just, he don't have that image where he's all on commercials and all this other stuff. I think he would be bigger if if he had a different image. Well, I just have to disagree with you there, man. <laughs> I mean, The weekend is huge, dog. I don't see how anybody yeah. in this modern era can be much bigger than The weekend. But I, I, like, I get what you're saying. The image is very important now. It draws people to... Art it, artists now more than it, it's ever I, done before, and, and see, I just think I think that's the problem with music now, because all like no, this all of the good music with people that don't have the best image is the best music. Like we we always say this, the underground music, we got to go find it. They're, this person might not have the best image, but he he got bars. But people that got like a real good image that, you know, that probably look good but can't sing are the ones that's tearing up the charts right now because they got that, they, they kind of got that image. It's because they have a hit song too, man. Like they're, they're, these aren't terrible songs that are going off just because a person looks cool. Yeah, but, like, it, but so you mean to tell me like they have a big, they have a hit song, but that's the best. So in that case, everything on the radio is the best song then. You it, got it other resonates with the, I'm not saying quality to me. I'm saying resonates with the audience. Yeah. They think it's a hit. Yeah. Not me. Yeah, no, I know that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like if like I, I just think the image to me, I think the image at this point in 2023 is a little more important than the actual song. I think you could get by with the I think you could get a little further with an image more than not having an image and having a song i think you can be way more relevant in music just having a cool image i think blueface blueface made this point to G dj academics and i agree with it blueface said you know this is during a time when dj academics was trying to be a rapper and i don't know if he was trying to be serious or just trolling but blueface like had a video with him and he had to explain like look you can't be a rapper because you don't look cool you know Nobody cares about how good you rap. You got to look cool. Look, like he, he was like, look at me. I look cool. You don't look cool. So nobody's going to buy you as a rapper. And Blueface was a terrible rapper. You know, he can't rhyme on beat to save his life, but he does have a look to him where, you know, look, he's still and, relevant. And people and that's, talk about him and his girlfriend. And that's that's kind of my point. Like, but to that, to that point, Blueface ain't tearing up the charts either, man. Like I'm sure he still make music and it go double wood. He's famous just because he's a personality. He's on social media and he got a crazy toxic relationship with his girlfriend. Yeah, I mean but we he's still relevant. We yeah we talking about now, but he was at some point talked about as a rapper before the whole reality show and stuff. And we say on this podcast, I didn't understand it. I'm like I'm I told you point blank period. I am not a fan. I don't like this offbeat type stuff i ain't really see what people liked about him but he did like i said he did have that image and like i think that's where hip-hop is now probably i mean maybe not in r&b 
But in hip hop, it's just like if you look good, you got a good smile and veneers and all that shit, tattoos. It don't matter what the hell you make. You gonna you probably gonna be bigger than the person that actually have the talent that actually have a better song. And so that that was that was kind of my point. I think and to bring it back to um, Chloe, I I just think nobody really buying the image like that. Like no matter what song, like she could probably. I, I mean, do you feel like she, her album would be would have sold way more? Do you think she would be in the top? 10 if she had a Beyonce feature? Uh, it depends on the song, man, I, but I yeah. would think so. Yeah, I just, to me, I just don't, like, at this point, I don't know. If, if, um, if before this album came out and you told me she had two Beyonce features on here, I would have been like, she out of here. <laughs> she out of here. But at this point, man, like, just seeing all the stuff she's been doing, I just don't, like I just I just don't know, man. And then not to mention, we didn't bring this up. All the sales been kind of funky anyway. The sales been kind of funky with Beyonce. So I just don't I I, I really don't I, I I just I don't know, man. Because we talked about Beyonce on this podcast. How you know how can she relate to people now? Because she was talk. Remember in the song, she talked about you know I'm about to quit my job. It's just like ain't nobody about to quit their job. So, like, I don't know if people, you know, relating to that or not. But that's Beyonce, so I ain't going to get all into that. But, like I said, I just don't. I think Chloe need, I, I think Chloe need to be genuine, man. If this is her, then I don't know. But Yeah, I, I think this is going to the John Morant discussion where everybody was like, He's acting like this because of his circle. He's really a good kid. He's just around the bad influences. You got to start asking, maybe this is what John Morant is. This is what yeah. he wants in his life. Yeah. I think Chloe, this is probably what Chloe wants in her life right now. This is what she wants to be. And that's that she's acting appropriately. You know, it, it could be acting like she, this reminds me of like the fucking discussion about how Bobby Brown corrupted Whitney Houston and we saw Whitney Houston going through this spiral of drugs and insanity, and we all blame Bobby Brown. Yeah. Then the show came out, and all this stuff came in. We eventually learned that she was actually she was the one. crazy yeah. all along, and she probably affected him more than he affected her. Yeah. But it was his image as a bad boy, and her image as this good girl, which we had to learn later on was kind of a front by the label and Clive Davis to <laughs> act like she was just this heavenly angel with no flaws, and just in Bobby Brown, the evil uh, bad boy singer corrupted her. Yeah. We learned that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that this is just who it, Chloe it, is and who, who we yeah. want, she wants to be. Yeah, it, it could um, be. It could be. Uh, 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 Mad Wine Kimmins says, don't rag on Chris Brown. Look, <laughs> we, we are the, we rag on Chris Brown on this podcast, okay? Your, your, compatriot jasmine ain't here to defend his honor like she usually is so <laughs> yeah we, we gonna rag on we him. rag on him a lot but in this in this conversation i i feel like chris brown was always a blueprint for if you want to get a, a song played I, I i feel like chris brown was always that like if i was a rapper i think he was that i just don't think he's if, that anymore yeah if i was a rapper i i think uh, outside of the obvious like drake and stuff like that I feel like Chris Brown is kind of a cheat code to kind of get a quick little, oh, Chris Brown, Chris Brown on this song. Let me check it out. 
because of his rabbit fan base. So um, that I if will. You're a rap, I think if you're a rapper, yes. I think if you're a, a female singer, female fans are not gonna like it. Yeah, that well, that's yeah, that's a little different conversation then. Yeah, like, yeah. But I think yeah, for rappers, I think you're right. A Chris Brown feature for a rapper will do quite a bit, but for a R and B singer, especially a young one with a younger fan base, they don't see Chris Brown the way that somebody in their thirties do, probably. So, yeah. It is what it is. And yeah. Jenny, uh, Mad Wine Chemist also says he dated. She's talking about the weekend, who you say would be bigger. If he look, looked a little, I, I think I think y'all kind of looking over what I'm saying though. I he, think the weekend he dated Selena Gomez. No, I, I think I think y'all trying to say that I think he's kind of small. I don't think he's small at all. I get. You're I'm saying, saying he, he will be. be I, I think he will be huge. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's gonna be Michael Jackson or anything like that, but I think he will be fucking huge, man. Like all the shit we thought Chris Brown was gonna be. I think he will crush all of that shit, man. Like but he, he, he's he's like already he huge. That, I know he's he huge where he's at right now, though. Without the without the you know, the Chris Brown image, the little image before the bad boy shit. I just think he will be out of here. Like so, I think he will always be in a conversation, no matter what. Like look, let's be real. Let's go back to that Super Bowl. How many people said that Super Bowl that that halftime show sucked? Yeah. I ain't think it's uh, to me. I ain't think it sucked. I thought it was all right. Like it's the weekend, so I wasn't really trying to. I'm not trying to nitpick a halftime show like that. But a lot of people felt like it sucked. I just think if he had like a little better image, I think I don't think we'd be having we'd be having a hat this halftime show suck type of conversation. That's yeah. that's that's all I'm saying. I'm not like I'm not even trying to downplay the weekend at all. I think he's a huge artist. I just think like look, I I think he'd be way above Bruno Mars. I think he'd be way above a lot of people, man. And that's I'm giving him more credit by saying this. Like I don't think in this era you could be way above Bruno Mars. That's my argument. I think the weekend now is as big as he could be potentially ever, even if his image was different. Even if he was in more commercials, I don't know. Like his music is played everywhere. His music is always on the radio. Like he he has hit songs. He's gone platinum. He's done worldwide tours. He's done a Super Bowl. Like I just in this era where the super like there like we said before, there'll never be another Michael Jackson. There'll never probably never be another Beyonce at this point. Yeah, you know but, Taylor Swift. They're the last of their kind. I don't think yeah. any modern artist will ever be as big as those people. And, and see, and look, look, look at somebody like you said. Mention Taylor Swift. She's a good looking girl. Mm-hmm. Like I think she's beautiful. She's in all. Look at all the commercials. These she's in. She's always popping up in the commercial. I don't see the weekend in a lot of commercials. Do you? I think that's a personal choice, though. I think he's more of a recluse. And, like I think he's more like a Frank Ocean type, but not that bad. Then he is like a, a Taylor Swift or somebody who always wants to be in TV shows and movies and shit. But I, and see that's and see that's that's the point I'm having, man. Like if he like I think he could be big as that bigger than that if he was in that type of stuff. 
But I guess I guess we'll never know. It, it, it's kind of his personal reason. Yeah. But I just think, like I said, if he had a better, if he if he had a better image than what he have now, I think we'll see we we would see him in all type of commercials, no matter what. Like I hear his music all the time. But like the if, way the way you're saying it is like he's not being offered these things, and I just don't think that's true, man. I just don't think he wants to do them. But that's a personal choice, you know. I don't think it's people look at him and say, "Well, nobody knows who so, he is, or he doesn't look cool enough to do this shit." Everybody, people know who the fucking weekend is. Man. So, so he turning down all of these commercials, all of these opportunities. I'm sure he just doesn't want to do them. He told his management, "Don't seek that stuff. I don't want to do it." Uh, I like, don't know, all, man. This is all conjecture. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, we won't. We um, don't know. It's just hard for me to believe one of the biggest artists you know, around this time is turning down all of that stuff to be up there with the Taylor Swifts. And, you know, he's already up there. But I don't know. I just think somebody that big like that, I, I just don't see him turning that down just because he just don't want to do it. Why not? He's a huge star. He's, <laughs> why wouldn't he want to? He did the Super Bowl. If, if, that's, because... if that's the case, he wouldn't have did the Super Bowl. Like to that point, like, and he was a rebound on the Super Bowl. Do you, do you think Rihanna is 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 not being offered anything to do anything? Do you think she's not being offered movie roles, TV roles? She's been in movies. She, but, she's been, see, that's my point. She's, she's not been being a, offered these things, and that's my point. She's been she in a lot of stuff. She's been in a lot of stuff, though. It's not like she's never been in anything. She she's taken basically a fucking ten year hiatus. Yeah, you but think she's just not being offered anything. She don't want to do this. But stuff. she is a weekend. But it's she, nothing. but she been this stuff before. Where the point now? She she kind of don't want to do it anymore though. Like it, I mean, I mean, it'd be a different thing if the weekend was doing all of this stuff and he going a hiatus. Like Kendra Lamar was doing a lot of stuff and he went on a hiatus. But what what did the weekend? What what name me all the stuff the weekend was doing and then he said, Nah, you know, I'm I'm gonna chill out. He was never that type from the beginning. He always been a he was a writer for Drake. He was more in the background. His music was so amazing that he blew up. He like ain't nobody think he was gonna blow up like that. And he's still kind of in the background. And it, no, no commerce, no nothing. To me, that like like what like what artists at his caliber have we seen that was like that? A lot, I actually. Just, but look, we're, we're we're going to. I just don't. I don't. I don't think we're. Going I to just be like. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying. I think he will be a bigger star than where he is now, if he had that type of image. I think he's just more kind of in the I, back. I, and personally, I think you're you're discrediting the type of star he is. He's already huge, man. He's no, already and doing see, stadium I'm, tours. All right, let me let me wait. Let me ask that. you something else. Let, let me ask you something else. How many women do you feel like think he's cute? Whoever, if they make a list and they say, ooh, the weekend, Look, we always hear Chris Brown. We hear Trey Song. We hear all type of people. We have to pull we never the audience, man. I don't know what they think. I've come. never asked women what they think about the weekend. We got to ask Jasmine. It's Jasmine's birthday. Is she fucking up? Uh, this nigga's scared. Ain't nobody scared, man. I just told you I had a DJ set. You, you, you know, ain't nobody said the weekend is cute. Weekend is going to listen. Any, nobody said nothing about the weekend looks. So you think if he was sexier, he'd be more famous? Yes, <laughs> okay. I, th I think I think so. Yes, 
I just I like like I said, man. I don't see how you can be more famous in the weekend because there's been more. If to your point, somebody more attractive than him should be bigger than him. Who who a male art name a male artist who's bigger than the weekend right now in the R and B space? Do Bruno Mars count? Eh, he's up there. He's and that's there. And, and see, and I, I don't see him in the see, sexiest and, men list either. And, uh, he be on magazine. He be on the front of magazines all the time, man. Uh, now we got to get super sus this discussion. But <laughs> no, I'm just like, saying, like, come on, man. You know, ain't nobody bring up the weekend in a, a a sexy conversation. It was always strictly the music. I mean, and Mad Wine came and said not. Bruno is way hotter. Okay, we'll take your word. I'm, for I'm it, just saying, but, but and see, and honestly, I kind of like this about the weekend that. People don't just like him because he's sexy. Because look, we get this all the time with the rapper from New York. The um, I forgot his name, but the light skinned rapper from New York. Women love him and don't even care about his music. I'm glad the weekend is kind of like this because the music speaks for itself, and I I think that's I think that's dope, man. That's kind of like up there with Adele, who could just sing and don't do anything else. Like the music speaks for itself. So um, I'm just saying, if he had a little sexiness to him, he will be even bigger than everybody we just named. That's that's all I'm saying, and that's no slight to that's no slight to the weekend at all. I think it is in a way because that's implying that he could reach a much bigger height just by his looks alone. And like I said, he's already at those huge. The looks with the music. He's already at those huge heights, man. He's already done. He, he sells out stadium tours. He fucking worked with Daft. Nobody works with fucking Daft Punk. He did a whole album with them, man. He has so many hit songs. His videos played everywhere. His songs played on the radio 24-7, man. He's already there. And So, so, like so said, is it too this, much to say he'll be kind of inching up on a Michael Jackson or something then? Because nah, I'm not he, trying to... Nobody can inch up on I, that. I know. I, like, I'm not... And, like, I'm not, try, I'm not trying to go there... But I'm just saying, like, I think he will be a, I think he would be a bigger deal than a Taylor Swift or a bigger deal than name whoever hot right now. I think he would probably be bigger than the Beyonce right now. That That's kind of my whole point. Yeah, I, I will just have to disagree, man. <laughs> like, I see I see the point you're making. And this all goes back to the image versus hits discussion that we were having. I think the hit it takes everything you think image is more important and yeah we'll in this day and age is more important than than actually having a hit yeah and i, and, and, I want I th- I'm, I'm gonna get off of this too but how do you feel about the rapper papoose You're do you think he's hit, a good rapper i mean he's corny uh but technically yeah he, he was impressive th- that he could rhyme every word in the alphabet i'll say that I th- much i think look man I, i'm not a fan of all of his music or anything but i feel like he's a good rapper mm-hmm. i just don't think he had the image i think that's why he kind of stayed where he was at because he remember people all hit, man that was the big he could make a hit okay let's but- be real about papoose he couldn't these lyrical miracles same thing with fucking cannabis cannabis couldn't make a hit people want to act like ll cool j ended him Cannabis couldn't make a hit. These lyrical miracle rappers can't make hits. That's why they flop. Yeah, that, and see, that's my, I. I just think also he didn't have the right type of image. I just, I, I just look, man, look. 
Biggie Smalls had a really good image. This whole big popper Biggie image. Biggie Smalls was ugly as fuck, man. He, That's a terrible I, that, argument. No, I'm just ugly as shit. look. I'm I'm just talking about the image of him being this big popper guy who can rap like this. He kind of had. I want to say I don't. I want to say Rick Ross, but he was like a big guy that had this cool. I'm you know I'm a I'm a ladies man type of like vibe to him a little bit. So it was like a Biggie Smalls type of image. Like I'm not I'm not sitting there saying no, he was ugly, so he didn't get. I just think he had the right image that fit him. Notorious B.I.G. He always called himself Biggie. I just felt like that kind of fit a little bit. So that you know that worked. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm uh, look. I'm not just talking about the sexy part or the look good and who who look good and who's ugly, but I think he just kind of had that right image that that fit him. Yeah, he he did have an image, but I don't. I think it goes counter to your point in a way. Like he said, fat and ugly as ever. However, I stay Gucci sound down to the socks. He. He had hits, man. That's the thing about Biggie. He could make a fucking hit. He could make a hit out of anything damn near. He had catchy-ass hooks. He had a, a very memorable flow that flowed with anything he rapped on. He was a master at making hits, man. And, and that's what helped him a whole lot. But, look, I, we'll, I think we'll just have to stand on what we stand yeah. on here. We've been talking about this long yeah. enough. Yeah, y'all try, to make, y'all try to make it seem like I got uh, the weekend down here and I'm he will be bigger. That. I see, dog. I I'm just, what I you're just saying. think he will be, like, we will talk about nothing. Like, how we talk about Taylor Swift breaking these uh, Ticketmaster and all that shit, I think we'll be talking about that with the weekend. That's all I'm saying. I think, I think a lot of people, like, uh, Mad Wild Chemist will be talking more about damn the weekend. Ooh, ooh, is that the weekend on TV? The Super Bowl would have been did way more numbers, in my opinion, if the weekend was like the sexy guy. That that's all I'm saying. I see the points you're making, man. I understand what you're saying. I just don't agree with it, but <laughs> we'll just have to leave it there. Uh, so other things that happened this week, um. Oh yeah, how do you feel about this damn uh the Freak Nick documentary coming out on Hulu? Um I've seen narratives change. I think at first people just thought it was going to be a lot of old women getting exposed and aunties and mamas getting exposed. But now it seems like it's shifted and people are focusing on the fact that a lot of niggas was out here thirsting and groping and raping. Mm. And now suddenly it's turned into like an attack on black men where black men are like, oh, they're just going to use this to make us look bad and all this shit. The narrative is changing now. I know Mark Lamont Hill had some tweets about it, calling it like a rape fest or some shit like that. So uh, people are concerned. Some women don't want to be exposing it, I'm sure. Some woman came out and said she was at Freak Nick and was hoping that nothing was caught on that was too bad. But uh, are you going to watch this Freak Nick documentary, man? How do you feel about it? I kind of don't want to watch it after this, man. Like, to me, that kind of spoiled it. Like, I like I always heard about Freak Nick uh, when I was younger and all. I heard it in songs and all that shit. But I kind of turned off from watching it at this point, man. If y'all going to make it serious and, you know, make uh, that's one thing I hate when people do. Try to make the con- a fun conversation all serious. Yeah. And I feel like that's what people are doing on social media, which is not surprising. But um, I kind of don't want to see it now, man. I just, 
I I was kind of uh, intrigued on watching this, but now I'm just I don't know. I'm, I might just watch it on social media, see what everybody <laughs> else say, and if it's really good, then I'll check it out. I mean, I'll check it out. I mean, I didn't really want to see it because I don't really care about it that much. Like I don't. I think having a documentary on Freak Nick is just I don't know. It didn't really pique my interest. But I'm not against it being made. And I'm not against it highlighting, like, some fucked up shit that went on, man. Because, I mean, one, the defenses people make, and it always comes back to what about white people? I've noticed. What about, what about girls, girls going wild? wild. <laughs> what about uh, Woodstock 99? There's been two documentaries on Woodstock 99 in the past two years. It was one on HBO in 2021 and one on Netflix in 2022. And they all highlighted the sexual assault and the rape and all that shit that happened at that time, man. Okay? And they drugged the the organizer through the coals because he was acting like nothing of that nature happened, even though women came through and said, yes, it did happen. So they, they got rung through the coals as well, man. Girls Gone Wild, they then done called them dudes out for the nasty shit they did. There was a documentary on Girls Gone Wild already, and them dudes ran out the country because they got, the, the heat was on. Yeah. And they were they were shamed for all the shit they were doing, um, the getting drunk women to sign contracts and shit, and just nasty behavior. So to that point, look, they made these documentaries already. Okay, it, y'all sound like the what about Harvey Weinstein type people now? <laughs> it's like, look, it's okay to look back and be like, okay, you know what, that was fucked up, you know. Yeah. But I'm sure the documentary will be balanced. I mean, Freak Nick, I'm sure, started with the best intentions. I don't think it started off as an orgy. So, (laughs) and Freak Nick was before my time. It was before both of our time, man. It started like in 94, ended in like in 97 or some shit like that. Yeah. I was like 10 years old when the Freak Nick ended. I ain't know nothing about that. I I probably knew about it in rap songs. Yeah, like probably in the 2000s when I started really listening to music and listening to lyrics. That's when I... I heard about Freak Nick. I just ain't know what it was. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it was something because <laughs> yeah. I heard it in rap songs, but yeah. I never it, knew it, of it. And really. then I seen the random pictures on social media pop of up. Course. Freak Nick from '95 yeah. and a cop spreading the girl ass cheeks out or some yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm sure it'll cover all sides. Like, I'm sure it's not going to portray all black men as being there just to rape, obviously. People are there to have fun, obviously, man. But people act like highlighting bad behavior is just, by black people, is inherently anti-black. It is like, it's okay to call out some shit when it's wrong, man. I'm like that for all sides. Women act, people act like women can do no wrong. I'm like, no, y'all can Men can't do no wrong or anything against a black man is an attack on all of us. No, it's against them, man. Most of us was not at Freak Nick, okay? Yeah. And if if people were, a lot of them were out, not out there trying to take the pussy, man, but some were. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it's fine to look back and be like, and, and look at things and look at how our culture accepted them and look at and, and admit it was wrong. And yeah. I I'm not against it being made, but to your point, yeah, it, I don't think it's going to be lighthearted at all. I think it's probably going to be more serious, especially towards the end. I'm sure it's going to be focused more on the negative, but yeah, it is what it is. I'm not against it being made, man. People are yeah. getting a little too in their feelings talking about how it's just going to make all black men look bad. Now, I think that anybody acting like 
this is how all black men are because you know yeah. those tweets are coming. I've seen them already. Mm-hmm. That's that's getting nasty, man. You don't have to take it to a gender war type fight with that. Yeah, but like I said, it's it's. I think it's fair to look back at some shit we thought was cool back in the day and realize it wasn't cool. Yeah, I'm not against it that, being made, but and that's and it's like that with everything back in the day. Every if you go to anything back in the '90s or the '80s. A lot if they do a documentary on a lot of shit from then, the shit probably be super ignorant, man. Like gay people was not, you know, a popular choice back then. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably <laughs> see a lot of, you know, hatred towards that. Free uh, I guess you'll see a little more, you know, handsy people back in the day too, which you'll probably see in freak in the freak Nate documentary. That, you know, I, I think that's not cool at all, but Back then, it, you know, it was it was way more loose, and you know, I don't know, I can't even explain it, but it's it, it it's like way a, more serious now, yeah. wh- where people actually take this stuff serious. A lot of people were speaking up back then, so it was looked at as you know, kind of the thing. And then, not to mention too, you know, we this country is kind of built on men having the power and doing whatever they want, and that that was still kind of going on, you know. In the 90s, you know what I mean? A lot of women wasn't still, you know, say what you want. A lot of women still didn't have those rights to, you know, accuse somebody of this and, you know, and stand up for themselves, stuff like that. So um, a lot of that stuff was going on. You probably won't get this stuff at a a normal festival now, but in the 90s, it was still kind of, it was still kind of wild, so... It's, it's ignorant when you look at it now, but unfortunately, that's how it was back then. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take a fair look at it, man. If I think if it goes too far one way or the other, I, I would call it out. But I'm not, people got to get out their feelings, man. It is my takeaway to it. Like, there is some shit we just got to look back on and admit that it was, it was a fucked up mentality for us to have, man. Yeah. And I've it's, done that self-reflection as well, man. Like some things I thought was cool. I just got to look back and be like, you know what? That was some bullshit I was on, man. But yeah, that's just how we were. That's how the culture was. It was crazy. Like the fucking post, I think, I feel like everything just changed pre after nine 11 in general, man. But before yeah. that, it was just, I feel like it was really anything goes as far as what was on TV as far as what happened in general, it was just fucking, it was a different world, man. It really yeah. was just a different world. And uh, yeah, ever since, especially since Me Too, like shit has changed so much. But I don't know, it, it, looking back, it's like, it leave, even listening to old rap songs, man. Like yeah. I'll be listening to Chronic sometimes, I'll be listening to NWA, and I'm like, yeah. It's wild that this music was actually put out, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I kind of understand why they're trying to ban that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I totally get it. If that if that shit was out today, they would probably try to cancel that album. Yes. Listen. And everybody got mad. When, when, when the elders spoke out about it, when C. Dolores Tucker spoke out about it, everybody got mad at them. Yeah, they said it's freedom of, of expression to fucking make songs about rape and shit. Fucking my friend, uh, my homie David, uh, brought up the juvenile thing because juvenile is doing like a, a tiny desk thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's uh doing a, I guess he acts like he didn't know what tiny desk was, <laughs> and then he said, "Give me ten thousand retweets and I'll do a tiny desk with NPR." 
and he got the retweets, so he set it up, and apparently going to do it with NPR now. Yeah. And one of my friends said, how did Juvenile not get canceled for making a song about beating a woman? Mm. <laughs> He's talking about I got that fire. <laughs> and Juvenile is legit rhyming about beating a woman, and he said, when I get, you talking about pressing charges, when I get out of jail, I'm going to beat your ass again. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> certain shit, and we didn't yeah. think nothing of this when it dropped, man, okay? Yeah. Nobody yeah. said this is this song is going too far. Yeah, we was you, all jamming that you, shit. You can say the same thing. One of my favorite Pat, Project Pat songs back in the day was Gorilla Pimp. <laughs> the whole song is all about beating a woman. I know, you know, you could have been, you know, he could have been talking from a perspective of a pimp, mm-hmm. but he was just like, you know, <laughs> if your uh, if your boss come in, I'm play it all cool. If he step in my biz, I'ma smack his ass too. It, it was just a lot of, <laughs> it was a lot of stuff. And I remember my um, my brother in law at the time uh, heard the song. He was like, "Man, uh-uh, turn this on. Talk about beating women." And he he's like a hip hop head. He's like a yeah. KRS One type of guy. He he like hip hop and Project Pat. That was bullshit to him. Like all that shit. He was just it was just bullshit because he was talking about beating women and all that stuff. So I ain't really see nothing wrong with it, but when you listen to it, it's just like, damn, man. <laughs> I, I, I know that song is a little different because it seemed like he not really speaking from his uh, perspective. It, it seemed like he kind of in character in that song, but it still sounds rough, man. I, no matter how you put it, it still sounds it's still sound rough. Yeah, you can't make that song today, man. Nobody yeah. <laughs> is on that type of time no more, man. Yeah, um, unless you but, like Macklemore, who wanna yeah make it kind of <laughs> soft, like oh my mom was a uh you know she was a, running around with a pimp and he was doing all this stuff type of thing. Yeah, make it be artistic. Yes, you can't, like you can't be straight up talking about being a pimp. Yeah, he can't say I you know I smack a girl, but mm-hmm. he had to put it like this pimp smacked my mom or something like that. He, yeah, he had to put it that way. It would be like a Kendrick Lamar thing where he's doing like an artistic take on it or some shit. And it would be, yeah. oh wow, so it's so it's so fucking artistic and yeah. smart. And shit, he got some backlash thing. for that. Yeah, he said the <laughs> F word. Yeah. It, it, obviously he was proving a point about how yeah. his mentality was fucked up. Yeah. But people just got mad that he nope. said it, period. Nope. <laughs> so I don't care why how you said that. It. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, it's just it's a different era, and it's like I said, it's okay to look back and be like, okay, this how how we were raised and the shit we listened to growing up and the shit we celebrated growing up was wrong, man. Yeah, and, and I think it's fine to look back and be like, okay, it's and reflect on how on that shit was not cool. Yeah, but people are gonna be in their films regardless, so it is what it is, man. Yeah, endless gender wars on the timeline, so mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> Um, we never talked about this, but uh, I did see this, by the way. Carl Crawford apologized to 50, to uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. He basically um, said beefing with Megan and Jay-Z was wrong. He said he did it for social media. Um, so what are your thoughts as to why he apologized? Um, now, we've seen Megan be more active lately. Um, she's returned to the spotlight. And I'm sure new music is coming soon. I wonder where the status is with this lawsuit thing they have going on. I haven't heard any updates. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, it seems like Carl Crawford has taken back everything he said negative about Megan Thee Stallion. He's apologized and yeah. said he it was all for clout, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I um so apparently this um interview came out February twenty seventh. So that was a minute. I f I don't see how I missed this. But um yeah, I, I listened to some of the interview and he was pretty much saying what probably we all said and probably uh, he probably should have went by was like it's kind like he got an image he got to keep up too and him doing all this stuff on social media didn't look good for 1501 at all it it, it didn't make him look good at all it made her look better and uh, it wasn't good for his image and he actually mentioned that even seeing a lot of people, because we kind of know a little bit what's going on, but even people that didn't really know what was going on hated Carl Crawford because of Meg. Like, no matter what. Even um, our, our our good friend Jay Bell, shout out to Jay Bell, I think um, she retweeted the post, this was a minute ago, and she was just like, let her out the contract, Carl. Like, see, and she kind of started going in on Carl. And then our good friend Kilso Major kind of explained what was going on a little bit. And I, I want to say she was defending Carl, but she was just kind of, you know, letting letting him know, like, hey, it's not, it's not that he's just trying to keep her around or something like that. It's a little more to it. And so, um, like I said, the, the stuff wasn't a good look for him. It, it, it actually made him look worse than how she looked. And... I think he realized that. So um, he talked about rebranding um, 1501 and he got new artists on there and he trying to, you know, get that stench off of 1501. And he said he clearly he'd be on social media a lot, but he said he seen some of the comments and see how bad of a rep it was getting. And he said it shouldn't have got to that. And said he, he, he said he haven't talked to her since 2019. That's, that's crazy but um i think i don't know if they talk now probably didn't probably not but um he said you want to move past it i don't know what move past it mean is you know is her last album count as the last album of that contract that way she can move on or if they you know still trying to come up to an agreement on something but i think he kind of had a coming to Jesus moment where it ain't going to work out with her. So, you know, let's go our separate separate ways. Let me start with new artists and, you know, try to do this again. Yeah, I think, um, and I don't know what inspired it. My conspiratorial mind immediately went to an out-of-court settlement with Rock Nation and this being a part of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> We'll we'll give you this much, but you got to walk back everything you've said and apologize, and and we'll pay you this much, and we we got her now. So my thought, maybe that happened, maybe not. Um, maybe he just realized that it's more important to focus on his current artists, like you said, and build up his brand that way rather than just troll his old artists at this point. Um, he had even admitted that Tory Lane's shit was all for clout. He didn't know Tory. They took a picture just to get back at Megan Thee Stallion, which is super petty and feminine. 
But uh, yeah, um, we we kind of knew that when he took the picture. To that point, man, yeah, I'm glad Carl Crawford just moved on from this shit. It's better for him and everybody involved now. I think after the Tory Lanez case has been settled, and I think I know he's trying to get it retrial or whatever. I don't think that's been settled yet. But look, everybody just got to move on, man. Okay, it's been years of this shit. Um, being involved in all this and and all the drama, I think it's time for all parties involved to just move on with their life, man. Yeah. Tory do his time and move on. Megan, I think, has moved on now. Carl Crawford got to move on as well, and they all got to do their own thing, man. Yeah. So good, good for them that whatever happened is just now in the past. Yeah, just move forward. move forward because, like, I felt like he got a talented roster. And I feel like Erica Banks was talented. She he had some other talented people on there too, and they always go back to Meg. That was the label Meg was on, and his beef with Meg, everything had to go back to Meg, and it was yeah. negative. So I think it's good that he, he he's moving on and focus on developing his his artists. Yeah, so good for him. Good for him and everybody that they're just moving on and putting all this stuff behind them. So. Yeah. Kudos. I think that's about it, man. We'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of the podcast, of course. Um appreciate everybody who's joined today. We appreciate yes. chatting up. We had a nice little crowd today, man. Oh, we did, man. We did very <laughs> active people. And if you listen in on the audio form, make sure if you can to join us. Uh we stream around like seven, eight o'clock on Friday nights on YouTube, on Twitch. On Facebook, just look up Gender Juice Podcast, and we're streaming on there. Um, and also check out our past interviews with people like ESG and, and the like. And we had a good one with Mad Hatter a while back. So make sure y'all check out those interviews as well. Get our YouTube numbers up, man. Yeah, like, please. I, we really need more, some more YouTube clips, man. I, I was trying to get in there and edit some shit, but we <laughs> I think we've had some great content. We need to get some more views on it because yeah. we have some great content up on here, man. Yeah. But uh appreciate everybody joined us. Appreciate you, Derek Tab, Brown Chubby Bear, uh everybody else, uh Matt Wine, Kenneth, of course. Uh um, everybody, Jay from Twitch, everybody who stopped by and chopped it up with us this evening, man. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Make sure you keep it locked in. It's draft time on in Houston. So make sure you keep it locked in. It can't on, get here uh, fast enough, man. <laughs> yes, I know. Jesus right? Christ. <laughs> yeah, every day you got to see more takes on fucking who they should take number two, man. I'm sick of it. Just get it over with. Okay. <laughs> but it's coming up. So make sure you keep it locked in to Sports Radio 610 in the loop, 10 to 2, Figgy Fig producing and curating the vibes on there. And yeah, just keep it locked in, man. And until next time, peace.